this is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. RJ. And we're just two uh, okay. guys who have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order of release. This week we're being boys, as that's what boys do. Mm-hmm. As we watch Spine 279 in the Criterion Collection, Volker Schlondorf's Young Torless from 1966. But first, RJ. Uh-huh. How, how's it going this week? Uh, I mean, it's okay. It's okay. We had a, a touch of nice weather, but I think it's about to turn. Uh, it's so cold outside. Yeah, Why? it was nice a couple days ago, though. And it's supposed to be nice again, but... Well, yeah, as you've said many times, this podcast is a time capsule, and I believe I've been documented before. This is our new climate in, in this part of the world. January is mild. February is minus 40. And then March, it's deceptively nice, and then we get a huge dump of snow. Yeah, I don't know. And if, I believe that's what's going to happen. I don't know if we're going to get a huge dump, but we're definitely going to get something. We'll get something. something. Yeah, and it's cold overnight, like minus 13, which doesn't actually sound like that much, but after uh, being like plus, plus 13, 13. <laughs> like yeah. just like a day or so ago, it's like, oh, this is great. 20 degree swing is it, a, a big it, difference. It, it shook me to my core. This this uh, really? afternoon, yeah. Try to, go for, try to go for my walk, the Taco mm-hmm. Time walk, and well, uh, and I I, just, I couldn't. I was just like, "The fuck this." What else shakes you to your core, Jared? Um. Hmm. What about the racial racialization of soda pop? Does that shake you to your core? Ooh, man, I don't know anything about that. Yeah, neither do I. I saw it on the internet. It seems like a hot topic, though. Okay, so I mean, I've been there's been lots of lots of hot topics in the last like ten days. We, I don't know if we even have broached it from last week. All this, uh, the thing, Doctor Seuss and uh, oh, Lola Bunny and oh, Pe- yeah. Pepe Le Pew and yeah. oh, what's the new one? Uh, uh, Megan, well, Meghan Markle is a big thing at the moment. Oh fuck yeah! But I mean, I don't care about the royals. But I mean, it's. It's apparently what people care about. So, mm-hmm. I think I saw someone uh, spray painted "Parasite" on a a statue of uh, the Queen, which uh, I appreciate. Okay. Yeah, I mean she's old now, so like, so she's the biggest, fattest of the parasites. She's she's the most bloated from feeding off of the the host. True, but here's the thing. <clears throat> do you know what old people do sometimes? They die eventually. I think the correct term is expire. <laughs> oh, eventually they expire. They, so, they, uh, they they pass. Yeah, I would shoot. I would if it was me. I'd shoot my shot a little bit to something more lasting. You know what I mean? It's like sure you could attack the queen, but she's old, man. Like what do you what do you, she doesn't care? She doesn't. She's not gonna get anything mm-hmm. out of that. Shoot a little. Shoot somewhere more in the realm of reality. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's right. Yeah. So. uh yeah what else is going on i don't know remember a year ago rj oh yeah what what happened a year ago well a year ago on this wednesday as we recorded mm-hmm. news was breaking all over that uh sports seasons were being suspended and yes that, that tom hanks had this mysterious new virus that had been mm-hmm. around for months and wasn't mm-hmm. anyone's problem but he got it, and suddenly everyone went, "Oh, there's a there's a pandemic going on." Pandemic. 
Like that kind? That kind. Yeah. Yeah. That was about a year ago. And uh, can I, what have you learned in the last year, Jared? Um, I have learned that people really care about the economy. Do you think they actually do, or do you think it's just a uh, a bargaining chip for conversation? Well, the economy. Well, I mean, you just check out the the six o'clock news, and it's all about relaunching and return to normalcy because the normalcy is so good, is very good. Oh yeah, it was working great before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think one of the best things I think for me personally that happened from the pandemic is that uh, the villainization of celebrity. Um, which isn't universal. We haven't gotten them completely, but I think a lot of people have come around where it's like, hmm, maybe we shouldn't trust these people who don't know anything. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> maybe we shouldn't also elect them as president. Uh, yes, that's the, also a potential possibility. Uh, some of them might not make the best uh, leaders. Some of them may not. I don't know. Some of them might. Like, I'm still thinking Abe Vigoda could have a run at it, and I, I would trust him. Yeah. Yeah, like oh, what about Kirk Douglas? <clears throat> uh, maybe for like Secretary of State. I wouldn't okay. give him like an important job. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but yeah, uh, a whole year. A whole goddamn year. Hey, RJ. Almost, yeah. Remember, remember when you had COVID? Uh, I do. <laughs> I do. I uh, I never talked about it on the podcast because uh, I had it almost exactly a year ago from oh, today. Oh, oh, almost exactly. Re- Almost re- exactly. Recording a podcast, not knowing, mm-hmm. being having having a bit of a cough, mm-hmm. having a little bit of a cough. I was like, mm, I don't feel great. I was just traveling, but at the same time, like, so here's the thing: I have this timeline burnt in my brain, mm-hmm. and uh, the week before was when uh, I had my boys trip to Colorado. And that was when we were still in the downplaying phase yep. uh, of the media. And another thing I learned this year is, hey, maybe don't trust everything the media says. The media? I, the media. The, M- the, the MSM? Yeah, the MSN. I learned that the hard way, buddy. Uh, so at the time, it was still being pretty pretty much downplayed. Yep. Uh, and then we were on our trip. And it was only when we were coming back, that's when it started to get a little bit scary. When we were on a, the airport back and it was like, they were starting to check for these things. And I'm like, wait a minute. Is this a serious thing? Wasn't there a doctor that you encountered in the who airport? Who said it was fake? Who said it's like, it's not that big a deal as they were like flying off to Hawaii or something. She wasn't a doc or she wasn't a, um, she, yeah, she was an immunologist. She was still a doctor, but like, so even worse, she was an <laughs> immunologist. Uh, and uh, she was like, well, you know, it's an election year. So I feel like they're just doing this. Uh, and cause it wasn't at the airport. It was the night before I was at a bar. Cause they like people can, when we're in the States, people can tell we're not American just from our voice, even though people overseas think we're American, <laughs> Americans know we're not. Cause you talk slow, eh? you talk like deuce. Boo. Uh, which is what I've heard before. Hmm. Um, but yeah, so they knew we weren't from Colorado. So they're like, cause the lady's like, were you scared to fly? And they're like, nah, not really. And she's like, well, me and my, like my new wife, we want to go to Japan in a month, but she's too scared to go now. Cause of this, and we were like, I, I was kind of like, I feel like you're the person to ask, not the other way around. Like, aren't you the doctor in immunology? Like, what do you know about this? But, uh, she, she played it cool. So. Yeah, we didn't know a whole lot. And then we got home and uh, for the first two days, I felt pretty much okay. I kind of just felt hungover, but I also like spent three days drinking and smoking like eight cartons of cigarettes. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I think I'm hungover. 
And then on the third day when we podcast, I was like, I feel a little bit sick. Uh, so the next day I called and I got uh, an appointment to go get my swab. And that was the old school one that went mm-hmm. into your brain. Well, uh, at least it wasn't the anal swab uh, they do oh in China. Uh, I mean, I, I've had a few things swabbed before in my in my time, but uh, mm-hmm. that's one I, ha- I, ha- I haven't had the luxury of yet. Uh, so then on uh, Friday the 13th, I, I got my swab. That's why I watched every Nightmare on Elm Street movie in one day was because guess what, Jared? I didn't have anywhere else to be. Uh, and then I stayed home for a long time for like two months, I think almost. Mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't leave my house for about two months. Uh, and that was okay. That was okay. I never mentioned on the podcast, but uh, you knew about it. And there mm-hmm. is a, a select other few who did you found out basically secondhand because of the media correct <laughs> well uh, <laughs> i guess initially, kind of. well there was initially some uh need for you to be a bit evasive on this yes be- because i knew you were going to get tested and then then you kind of had to be like oh because at one point you were kind of like oh i'm going to say but then you were also then told no you probably should not tell people because you are literally the first case of creepsville yeah, I was number one, and uh, at the time, because now it's common, right? There's like a hundred, like couple hundred a day. Well, uh, as of today, RJ, I'm not sure if you're yeah. aware, we have more cases than ever. Yes, We're I'm at aware. Three hundred and six um, new cases a day, right? No, 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 no. Or That's just total. active, active oh, okay. total cases. No, our nobody. We had thirty-four new cases today, which oh, I mean. Okay. If you think back to, I remember in our first wave, uh, so back in the spring, I think there came mm-hmm. a point maybe uh, later in the spring uh, into summer where we had like 50 cases and people were like freaked out a lot by that. And then it came mm-hmm. down and then we kind of would sit, sit in like, you know, that 10 range for a long period of time, go up and down. And then we skyrocketed when everyone else did with that second wave. Mm-hmm. We had, and back in December, I think we peaked at 232. Um, and, and what are we at today? We are at 306. And this is nice. after restrictions, alleged restrictions that for, for, the, for the last two months, two and a half months. But let's start lifting them. And we mm-hmm. started skyrocketing right back up past where we were before. But it's not even a big deal. Yeah. Well, people don't care anymore. And like, that's a scary thing. And that's kind of like my stance now. Like, uh, so like what you said for a long time, like, yeah, I I was actually advised not to tell anyone um, just because of like, and like the one thing to keep in mind, this was like, like round zero the first week. And I was the first one for about like four or five days. I was the only one in our area. Uh, And like, they were kind of like, well, maybe don't tell people just because (laughs) we don't want to like sense and then it was actually like it was actually kind of confirmed because the media was basically like we have one case in creepsville and it was like this is what we know this individual potentially could work at this place and let let me and let me tell you i i saw some facebook uh Uh messages from the mob who are like we we gotta find out who this is you're like why to to what end we gotta protect myself this is like the thing people were like crazy because it's like Mm -hmm. there's a case and now there's 306 and it's like "Eh." it's like oh well time to go out and uh go kick my kids to aquafit (laughs) 
Well, exactly. Yeah. So like, it's, the... it's just, I yeah. mean, this is what it is, right? Like people get used to it because mm-hmm. it becomes normalized and, uh, Normal. um, it's just kind of like, Oh, this is what, it, this is the state of life. And so be it. There's a vaccine, which I think I honestly think there's a comprehension issue of what people think a vaccine yes. is. They think it's a cure, yes. which it is not there. There's all these stories of people who are getting vaccinated and then getting COVID and you're like, yeah, that's what's actually going to happen. But the the, sim- yep. the the your symptoms should be milder, and you shouldn't die, mm-hmm. uh, which is very important when you're seventy plus, and also of any age, you should probably hope to not get it because RJ, as you might want to comment, uh, there are long hauler symptoms that potentially happen mm-hmm. where your sense of taste and smell are for shit. Oh yeah, I'll tell you all about that. Uh, the last thing I'll say too is like, so like at the time too when it happened, like. Uh, what they kind of told me as well was like, uh, like they, they, they were very good. They reassured me. They're like, you're doing everything right. And they're like, we're pretty sure it was here already. It's just like, it seems like you were proactive and you came out to get tested when no one was doing it at the time. And like, that was the one thing too. Like as soon as I called them, they're like, go stay home. I was like, okay. So I, I'd go home and, or I didn't, like I said, I didn't leave the house for about two months. I was a real hermit because I, I didn't want to like the potential to go out there. So I was, I was as careful as I could be. Uh, but yeah, at the time it was so strange. Like, uh, those people, we should go find that guy. And he's like, what are you going to do? You're going to come into my house and <laughs> breathe my air. Yeah. Like, uh, so anyways, um, but yeah, the, the, the one thing that I do think is really important. And the reason I actually, I don't mind talking about it now is like, I think there's a really common like misconception towards these things where people are like, well, I know, or I don't know anyone who had it or the people I do know who had it had very mild symptoms. It's like, yeah, I was pretty mild. I never had anything really serious. It was mostly like, I just had to clear my throat all the time. That's all it felt like. Uh, and then I would sweat at nighttime. Um, but like five, six months later, uh, I, de- I developed asthma, which I hadn't had before. Um, so I have two inhalers now and then, uh, yeah, my taste and smell went completely out the window where every single thing I would smell smelled like sulfur, like rotten eggs kind of, uh, and, uh, I didn't really have taste at all. And then now, I mean, this was, is almost a year later. I still don't have normal taste and smell. Nothing tastes or smells like the way it should. And like, it's kind of a, I'm used to it now, um, but it is a major bummer. Like I, I enjoy food and snacks, <laughs> mm-hmm. but not anymore, man. Not anymore. Like there's certain things. It's just like this does. It just doesn't taste right to me anymore. Like I don't enjoy it anymore. Big one, garlic. I can't do. I cannot eat garlic anymore. It is so overpowering that it makes me like. It makes me like ill in my stomach, and that, that's a real bummer because I love garlic bread mm-hmm. and I I just love garlic in general. So like, garlic's too strong uh fuck i don't know i it's a laundry list nothing tastes the way it's supposed to except for like citrus citrus is okay and i actually andrea saw like because she was trying to like help me out and she saw that in jamaica the uh the people there have tried to like they have a trick where you like roast an orange and a like a cast iron and you burn every like the entire orange on the outside then you peel it and then you like crush it up and then you eat that and apparently that has been helping uh covid long haulers with uh like taste and smell so we uh i bought an orange last week but then i never did it so the orange just went bad <laughs> uh but uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna try because it's like hey why not might as well try yeah covid's crazy huh it's crazy <laughs> it's zany so yeah i don't recommend anyone get it 
But yeah. uh, that's why I'm. That's why also too. I've always been annoyed by people who downplay it because it's like, no, I had it, man. It's like, it is not fun. And it's like, and it hasn't gone away either. Um, and that's why I also have no desire to ever go to movie theaters again, because it's just like, it's like, I'm, I'm good. Cause I'm pretty sure if I ever get it again, I'm probably, I'll probably die. But, uh, you know, <sighs> yeah, I mean that, that, I mean, definitely when it goes toward the, uh, the long hauler symptoms of which that like, you know, there's been approximations that like, Oh, about 10% of people who get it have this. You're like, yeah, huh? It's like, that's neurological damage. So mm-hmm. go out there and, uh, you know, make sure restaurants don't go out of business and, uh, get kids, open make, make it up. open up the schools. Uh, there's nothing to be afraid of because we're not talking about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I want to mention that, I mean, this, this is maybe more it's relevant to you and I and uh, yeah. fellow Canadians. So you know what AstraZeneca, mm-hmm. uh, the the one that's like, hey, it's sixty three percent useful. Mm-hmm. Uh, you should, but and you should just take it no matter what. I I did not realize that that has actually not been cleared in the U.S. remotely at all, and won't be for months. Oh, only here it was cleared because they're trying well, to fat, like streamline well, things. But, but in the, so in the U.S., they had like those that botched uh, test run at the beginning, like back yeah. in the fall, where like, ooh, it went all out the window, and apparently they haven't even submitted uh, their mm. application to the FDA. Because I was like, huh, but you don't hear anyone mention this in any of the coverage. It's all about like that, those magic numbers of like 94.5 oh, yeah. and 95.5. Oh, wait, no, no, we're actually 95.5 as well. And then, sure. and then AstraZeneca's like, oh, well, we're only 62.1. And now Johnson & Johnson's like, well, we're a one-time shot. And we're, and we're like 66% effect. <laughs> yeah, and it's just – that's a thing too with me where it's like uh, – I trust science. I trust vac- sure. like vaccines. Like I, I was, a, I was a research scientist for like over five years. I trust it. Uh, and it's like, I'll get that vaccine. No problem. It's like some of the, the only thing that like concerns me is just like these ones that are like, seem like lower grade. It's like, yeah, we, you want to move them out fast to just try to curb this stuff like right now. But I honestly, I side on the, uh, like, decide a caution it's like i would rather just try to wait it out longer but my opinion and this is hindsight it's like i think we should have just did a full global three-month lockdown in march but that would have that would never happen but you're right and and it would have worked completely (laughs) because it would have been done but yeah just done but oh well that's monday morning quarterback and you know (laughs) that's right but that's why uh, for everything, like that's why I'm always just like, fuck, I don't I honestly I don't think the risk is worth it because like all these people, it's like, well, it's pretty mild and you get over it. And it's like but those 10 percent of people who don't, it's just like, I don't know, man, like especially kids, too, because kids really don't get it like teenagers. They're like, whatever, I'll be fine. And it's like, I don't know if you understand, man. It's like, do you ever want to be able to smell and taste again for the rest of your life for the rest of your life it's well, like maybe I mean, it'll come up it, could, it could work maybe it work it works itself out and it comes back and then you're just like i can't even remember what garlic used to taste like i, I love yep. my garlic free existence exactly and like that's i mean where i'm at now it's like do i like it and it's like well, i wish i could still eat and enjoy the things i i used to but i'm i'm okay with it now but i have noticed like I, at the time i was for where we are, I was the first and only one who had those long-term ones. And then now it seems way more common. Lots and lots of people are getting it too. So it's like, it seems like I think more people are getting the long-term than, than are actually sane. And I think that the longer 
out from when you actually had it is when these things start to pop up. So, you know, Sam Sanchez out there, buddy, I was going to reach out to you, uh, uh, when you had it, but, uh, you ever get those long-term things, man, you, uh, you give me a shout, uh, we can have a support group together. That's right. The COVID creeps, the COVID creeps. I mean, yes, but, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It's been, uh, it's like I said, I'm kind of used to it now. Like yeah. I have my puffers and I just know which foods not to eat and which foods to eat. But, uh, yeah, it does, it does frustrate me when I see people who are very like relaxed about it. And it's just like, if only you knew, Mm-hmm. If only you knew. Well, it's, but, uh, it's, just keep rolling those dice, folks. Roll them bones yeah. like that. Yeah. Roll them bones. So, well, how about you? Have you got COVID yet? Ah, <laughs> uh, so far so good. Maybe I was asymptomatic. Maybe I was. Maybe I, maybe I was a super spreader event. You could have been patient zero. Potentially, I mean. Potentially, I mean, maybe this is actually the Canada virus. Yeah, it it might be. All my extensive I mean, global travels and trekking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Although one other thing too that's pretty wild is like uh, that little boys trip we had. It uh, it's very it's mm-hmm. strange and it's sad, but at the same time it's like it's kind of nice that like we were actually able to do one thing before the world <laughs> completely changed forever. Well, she also mentioned that uh, your fellow travelers, neither of them got uh, the, no. the corona, which was ne- uh, which was good for them. So, Neither of them. And the the day we came home, I shared a smoke with one of my buddies, mm-hmm. and he never got it. And then, like when I came home, me and Aunt, me and Andy, we full on made out one day, and uh, she never got it either. You, you made it. We, we made out, man, like teenagers. Wow. But I mean, we're married, so it's legal. Um, right. Yeah. But for, yeah, like for she, now. Yeah, she uh she never got it either, which is pretty crazy. But I was also kind of told like I was gonna get tested again in the summer, uh, like for my job. And I talked to one of our, like our health officials, and they told me not to get tested because <laughs> they were like they're like you're just gonna you're gonna hit positive whether you are or not because it's still in you. And I was like, um, I was like, am I okay to be outside like in the world? And they're like, yeah, probably. And I was like, <laughs> uh, okay. And hence why. And then they I, and then they go on a plane to Japan. <laughs> yeah, and it's like see you later but i mean that's why like honestly i'd say from march to june i didn't leave my house my family actually was a little bit worried about me they're like you got to get out and i was like i don't think i do i was like i'd rather just stay home and avoid the risk well, i've i've heard of people who didn't have covid and they haven't really left their house at all for like mm-hmm. this entire time yeah that's something, <laughs> like, that's, something. Like, that's 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 an extreme that uh I mean, I have to go to work now and I go to the grocery stores and stuff like that. But like, I don't do anything else. Mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes we are the only people who do that. Like, I know you do as well, but yeah, it's like, I don't know, man. But that's what I mean, too. It's like uh, because I was there, I, I I get it a little bit. See, that's why me and uh, me and Sam, were kind of like uh, we're kind of like Vietnam vets. It's like we were there, man. <laughs> That's why we'll need support groups in the future for uh, long haulers. No. Yeah. But anyways. Speak, anyways. Speaking of Sam Sanchez. Yes. We got an email. Oh, what do you think he's talking about? Well, his email is entitled mail. Like uh, as in like post mail or like, like like snail. Oh, not like M-A-E-M-A-L-E. Not that mail. M I M A I L. Yeah, it's male. Like okay, yep. What's he's what's up with him? 
Hey again, guys. Writing mm-hmm. in with a couple things. I forgot who, maybe Mr. Peterson, wrote in about directors you've never discussed on the show in the past. And one director that came to my mind that I don't think I've heard talked about is Hal Hartley. Looking at both of your letterbox accounts, it seems like neither of you have actually seen any of his movies. Actually, same goes for fellow creeps out there I follow. Is that accurate? Because it surprises me, at least in Jarrett's case. Uh, Yeah, uh, I looked up Hal Hartley and I have heard of Henry Fool. And that's about it. But this is a guy that he is not ever really been on my radar. It seems British or something. He's this an person he, British. He, is, he he does seem British, doesn't he? But he's not. He 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 just is, based on the posters alone, it seems like a British person. Yeah, I know. I, I have the same thought. But I'm like, no, he's an American original. Huh. He was a director I remember really liking a lot when I first was getting into film in the early to mid 2000s, and still think of his movies fondly, despite not revisiting nearly any of them in probably 12 plus years. At the time, I pretty much held him in the same regard as Jarmusch, Soderbergh, Linklater, etc. He was a pretty influential indie filmmaker of the late 80s and 90s, but seems incredibly divisive today, if not mostly forgotten. I hesitate to revisit his movies such as Henry Fool, Trust, Amateur, Surviving mm-hmm. Desire, and Simple Men, because I'm not sure how they'd hold up. Known for deadpan mm-hmm. humor and casting Parker Posey, the late Adrienne she- uh, Shelley and Martin Donovan as regulars, I hesitate to highlight any recommendation, but Trust seems to be his highest rated on Letterboxd and the one I've seen most recently, which was eight years ago and the only one I've seen in the Letterboxd era. The unbelievable mm-hmm. truth is his next highest regarded, but I haven't seen that yet. My favorite of his, I've always said, was Henry Fool, and I haven't seen that in 15-plus years and has a two-plus-hour runtime. I may have to revisit a lot of these and reassess, but more curious if either of you have any experience with Hal Hartley at all. I can probably speak for RJ's. Uh, that's a big no. And, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I honestly, I the Henry Fool title is familiar but like i just yeah he, he didn't get brought up much like then and also the name I, I guess like when i hear hal hartley my mind just goes hal, like what you mean hal ashby <laughs> and i uh, yeah like that's like my mind goes to that like i don't know of many other hal directors so i'm like yeah he's just one of those guys that has uh missed me by uh yeah i mean i've never even heard this name before but when you said that i was like hal ashby i know all about hal ashby yeah and then i was also thinking of like not hal hartley but like uh wasn't there a singer in the 80s that had a similar sounding name to that as well well i mean there's also hal jordan uh the green lantern that's right yeah yeah i I know about the green lantern you know know about that jeff johns right Oh, I've heard of Jeff Johns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I heard he was compliant in the abuse, <laughs> the alleged abuse on the set of the Justice League reshoots. Well, he, more, so, more, more egregious than anything was his involvement with the Three Jokers comic. Oof. More egregious than anything is just <laughs> Jeff Johns' involvement in anything. In, in, in life? In anything. Like, I think he single handedly ah. tanked the DC Entertainment movies. But he's still in, he's still in charge. Yeah, I know. Despite like, oh man, his comics. He he's a guy that yeah. uh man I I love to hate read those comics for a long time. Yeah, I was the same. There's some Jeff Johns I love. There's always like some like ridiculous violence. <laughs> yeah. It's like what is this? It's like for kids, for kids. 
the one that I always thought was weird and is like not even the violence, but I, I didn't mind some Jeff Jones, but I remember reading uh, Batman Year One or Earth One, Batman Earth One from Jeff Jones. And I remember uh, Bruce gives his dad a Zippo or, or it's like the other way around or something. And I was like, what the fuck? I was like, where would I? Because he's supposed to be like six. I was like, where would a six year old buy a Zippo? I was like, this doesn't make any sense, Jeff Jones. And it really, it really irked me. I was just yeah. like, it's like, get some, get some fucking common sense, man. I was like, that's not how little kids behave. No. Anyways. Anyways. That, that, so that's probably my favorite Hal Hartley movie is Jeff Johns comics. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Batman Earth one for sure. No. Yeah. Next, last time I tossed the suggestion for Andy Mail again and wanted to mention that I am one of those idiots that pre-ordered the box set and it looks like it's already on its way (laughs) that's too bad man (laughs) yeah (laughs) i did enjoy vapors and seeds as well as flesh pot on 42nd street i missed that one there there was uh i think it was a limited thing or or slip case and then got d slip case mm. it's not available now i think off of uh from our friends at vinegar syndrome which is a bummer because i think yeah american film genre archive was going to put it out but then vinegar syndrome did something like that and i missed it because i would have picked it up so i still haven't really touched the inevitable low points of the set but i look forward to diving into the filth yeah <sighs> yeah you got to check out it's like was it the werewolves are coming the rat, it's the a cool rat, title. Oh, rats, yeah, rats, rats, the werewolves are coming or some shit. I mean, that's it sounds cool, but I don't. I doubt it would be for me. Oh, sorry. Yeah, is it? What the hell? Okay, the rats are coming. The werewolves are here. Uh, those both sound cool. I mean, it sounds cool. Yeah, that doesn't mean it is cool, but it sounds cool. Well, these these movies have a, that uh, that Warhol. And uh, Paul Morrissey kind of vibe, but with even less money. Uh, mm, how do you do it with less? <laughs> they, like, you have to bring the the Milligan spirit to it. Oh, what about the Hartley spirit? <sighs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't say I'm not familiar with this Hartley spirit. Oh, all right. All right. It, what about Spirit, the mo- the animated movie about the horse? Do you remember that one? I only the only spirit I want is the spirit directed by Frank Miller. What about the spirit within you, Jarrett? Me? me? Yeah, you got spirit. Yes, got, you do. Yeah, you got spirit. How about you? <sighs> Sam continues. You know though, oh yeah. Though, if Jarrett is not down for Andy Maligan, might I suggest Bruno Maytai? <laughs> Oh, no. Oh, God. With the recent announcements of Strike Commando 1 and 2 from Severin, as well as their recent release of Cruel Jaws, seems like Bruno Matai has a pretty decent catalog of films just waiting for RJ to dive into. Maybe not as deep as Fred Olin Ray, but maybe far less filler. Well, yeah, man. Bruno Matai. I mean, that's pretty good. Bruno Matai. Bruno May tie. It's pretty good, but does it have as much porn as uh, oh, yeah. Fred Olin Ray does? Oh, yes. yeah. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Oh, yeah. He's got some. Okay. He, he's, he doesn't shy away from those titties, RJ. Hey, I don't want to bum you out, but did you know May is like a month in some way? I'm aware. You're aware? Did you know that? I, I didn't. And when I realized it a day or two ago, I went, oh. <laughs> Oh, well, uh, do you want to hear some of the titles of Bruno Maytai? 
Yes, hit me. Well, I mean, we've got Shocking Dark uh, Terminator 2 as it goes by. You, you know this? Oh, yeah, I've heard of that, yeah. actually. Yes. Yeah. But let's see here. Oh, some of these don't even have Wikipedia pages. Uh, how about, so we have Women's Prison Massacre, Violence okay. in a Women's Prison, Caligula hmm. and Messalina, Caligula okay. Reincarnated as Nero. Uh, we have some like horror classics like Hell of the Living Dead and The Other Hell, The hmm. True Story of the Nun of Monza, uh, okay. Sexual Aberration, Sesso Perverso, Sexy Night Report. Ooh. SS Girls. SS Extermination Love Camp. Okay. Emmanuel's Revenge. Uh, A Count uh-huh. A Count Dracula. Mm-hmm. 99 Women, which is like a f- pseudo... It's also directed by Franco. Okay. I guess... The, I guess. Oh, yeah. This Count Dracula is also uh, Matai-ish related with Franco. It's the one in the same. Huh. And, uh, yeah. Oh, then there's the movie just called... So he's the editor of Sexy. And he oh, he edited 99 Women and Count Dracula. That's what I'm looking at here mm. on, on the wiki. So there, there's lots of room there. I have heard of the other hell, but uh, the Caligula ones sound too complicated. Well, and there's zombie... I mean, there's obviously Zombie 3, Robo War, After Death, Born to Fight, White Apache. White Apache. Right. Is Kirk Douglas in that? Ooh, Rats, Night of Terror. That's a... uh, mm, that one's that would be for you. No. Yeah, that one would be for you, not for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it sounds okay. It's better than whatever we had in mind for next year. Which was nothing. I, Which was I nothing. Yeah. Well, I mean, Takeshi Meek May has been brought <laughs> up a few times, but I, I just, I don't think it's, I don't think it's a doable. It's an unrealistic expectation. It's, it's, yeah, that's a not. That would be a rough one. That's, that's as you a, said, that's a lot of subtitles. Yeah, as you said, part of the appeal of the May endeavor is movies that can be easily di- uh, easily digested uh, and don't need require too much attention. Yeah. So uh, yeah, subtitles is uh, man, I don't know. <laughs> Just uh, I would have a hard time. Yeah. For sure. That's that. Yeah. Especially for an entire month. It's an like, entire month with what, like fifty plus movies? Well, he he had his hundredth movie come out a couple Holy years fuck. ago. Yeah. See, yeah. Well, I, mean, I, I don't even know, actually know what the Fredel and Ray uh, film. It's like one twenty. Yeah, we're not getting close to that, but we're going to we're going to watch the heyday. Uh, yeah. I mean, and there we do have a little bit of a leg up. There's a few that I've already seen. So uh, I can I can check those off without having to revisit them. You could watch them, I guess, if you were I mean, interested. Yeah, but... I mean, I haven't really. I don't think I've watched any yet. I've seen like three or four of uh, okay. Big Fred. Yeah, let me actually. I might have maybe seen one, and I think I gave it like a one star. The Fred Owen Rays. Yeah. Well, you've probably seen Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers, no? Or was nope. it Evil Tunes? Damn. Okay. Uh, well, I'm I'm actually really excited for Sniper Special Ops. That is the one that I'm. I can't. I yeah. cannot wait. No, the only the good. only movie of his I've ever seen is Scalps. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, one that, and a, one and a half stars, and that's. I and thought that's, Scalps was supposed to be good for some reason. Uh, we'll we'll see. It's from the year I was born too. Ooh, so you gotta watch it. I have to rewatch it. 
I mean, a lot of movies with Reese from Malcolm in the Middle too, for some reason, <laughs> it seems. But uh, I got Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers, uh, Star Slammer, and there's one more I've seen, but fuck, it's not in the top few here, so I I better be, keep scrolling. Like I don't even remember what it was. It's something. Sam concludes one oh, yeah. last thing. I watched yeah. Ricochet recently, and one John Lithgow's henchman had an interesting line that I thought RJ would appreciate. Okay. After knocking out Denzel and abducting him, he excitedly says, I bet he shit his pants. I can't wait to look. <laughs> Prime RJ screen cap material. That's that is, a, that, that is. That good. is. That is all. Take care, guys. Yeah, Rick, Ricochet rules. I think Sam underrated that movie. Uh, uh, I mean, if it's if it's anything similar to that one line, I would be down for it 100%. Oh, I, th- I, I think you would greatly enjoy Ricochet, RJ. Ricochet? Yeah, that... I mean, I'm always down for people shitting their pants in various ways. How, so. Are you down with John Lithgow and uh, Jesse the Body Ventura having a shiv fight with a phone book armor in a prison? Now, did you say shiv or did you say shit? Shiv. So not a shit fight? Mm-hmm. Not a shit fight. I'm, yeah, sure I'm, I'm less interested, but I, I, I'll still give it a shot. Uh, there is a line in the movie, but this is my four-star review. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> That's uh, pretty good. Like uh, oh, this, that movie, it's, it's, I don't know, very enjoyable. It is, uh, okay. it's, it's like some top-notch, uh, shitima. That's for sure. Look at that. Well, that's what we were going three, for. Three, all these, lots of three-star reviews. Maximus well, Man Steel, steal three stars. Guys, come on. Some movies are that. I found the one I was looking for. It's Wizards of the Demon Sword. That's the other uh, Fred Olin Ray one I watched. And I think it was because that's a trauma one. I think I watched it for Trauma. Yes. Yeah. So there was a little bit of overlap there. But uh, it looks like I gave it a two and a half. And uh, if it was in, in Trauma and I gave it two and a half, that's... Uh, well, you might be saving your uh, two, two and a half stars. I think there's going to be a lot of those. Yeah, May. I'll... I don't rate movies anymore, but I'll rate the May movies. Oh, we have to, you, I can do that. You with have Kong. to. You have to rate Creeptober related things. Oh yes, that's uh, that's one hundred percent true. Yeah, I don't rate anything else uh, else anymore, just because I don't want people to yell at me anymore. Well, you just, um, well, as long as you don't actually write a review, they can't yell at you at all. That's true. I'm just uh, yeah, but people have an outlet where they can email into us. So if I gave something that's three stars, they'd be like, "What's up with this three star review?" And I leave me alone. Mm-hmm. Stop yelling at me. Next up is Mr. Peterson. Oh, yeah. 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 So, so Italy, am I right? Well, I, uh... Hey, Jared and RJ, what's happening? I am curious if you can look at any podcast stats or how many Criterion Creeps listeners you guys have in Italy. I'm sure they are surprised to hear your take on not only their treasures of cinema, but their culture. <laughs> Wink. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't care. <laughs> I mean, uh, if any, uh... actually, you know what? We, I'm pretty sure we do have like some uh, Italian listeners, and I think they do enjoy the show. Okay. I mean, I'm surprised, but uh, some... isn't there a weird anomaly? Like, aren't we huge in Hong Kong or something like that? Oh, wasn't it Guatemala? <laughs> Guatemala, Hong Kong, like just things are just like, huh? That's weird. I wonder why that place specifically. Which is bullshit because I know what our stats are, and we no one listens from Guatemala. Unless, like, no one listens to podcasts in Guatemala. Well, someone's listening. Someone. Someone's listening. Yeah. But for all you Italians out there, oh, Let's pizza pie. Well, 
Uh, Pizza Pie? Australia. Oh, I'm all the Granger. Crikey. <laughs> Tor- Toronto. <sighs> Nobody cares about Toronto. Tennessee. Ken- Ooh. K- Kentucky. You're the only 10 I see. <laughs> um, and obviously, like, as what you'd expect, uh, the United States of America just dominates. Just dominates. Um, hmm. uh, let's see here. Man. Well, I mean, I, I want to name every place because people know, you know, people know who are from United Kingdom and from mm. Amsterdam. Well, don't forget about our Lithuanian Hel- friends. Hel- Helsinki. Hey, look! Mm-hmm. Look at that in the in the top fifty. We got Singapore. Isn't Singapore like the cleanest place on the on Earth? Is that that's Singapore, right? I have no idea. I remember there's an Anthony Bourdain, and I think it's Singapore, but it's like if you like spit or litter, it's like straight to jail <laughs> or something like that. It's supposed to be like one of the cleanest places or like the cleanest place on Earth. I think it's Singapore. I could be wrong. Fuck! So, somebody listening is probably screaming, but. I don't know. This is a free podcast. So. Brazil. Well, that's definitely not the cleanest place in the world. I've seen City of God. <laughs> <laughs> you saw you saw that movie. Um, that's a Criterion now, isn't it? No. Oh, seems like it seems like the type. You what, know what I mean? You want to you want to travel and watch some UFC one day? Watch Where would some, I be watching UFC? I don't know. Wherever wherever it happens. Maybe like, uh, maybe go hang out one of those like overgrown uh, soccer stadiums in the jungle. I'd go if it was in like Indonesia. Okay, watch them like kickboxing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd be there more for the for the orangutans. I see. Like, I'd go for UFC, but I'd really actually just be there to see some uh, see of the uh, see some of the red apes. You know what I mean? You know those guys? I like those guys. Mm-hmm. Goat movie question of the week. Oh, yeah. So what Italian movies do you like? Not many. (laughs) I suppose if you could include Spaghetti Westerns, there are lots to pick from. But I will go with the future creep Gamora, which is is a more realistic take on a large cast gangster movie. Plus, you can't go wrong with Amarcord. I like, I don't know, I like a lot of Italian movies. I just don't like a lot of the ones that Criterion uh, includes. I, I agree with that sentiment. Actually, no, that's not true. I don't. There's a lot of Italian horror that I also don't like. I mean, I like a lot of it, but there's a lot of it I don't like. Well, because there's if that there's, makes but, sense. But there's actually a lot of genre stuff from the '70s. Like, there's like obviously there's the Western stuff, and then there was the Italian stuff, the crime stuff. There's a lot, mm. lots of good, lots of good Italian movies. Let me go have uh, a peek here. Just, I'm going uh, to my world map. That does that count or? Well, I mean, come yeah, on. Let's find the boot. I mean, it depends if you count uh, the Beyond Burial Ground. Mm. Uh, well, this is saying that I mean, 2026 um, hey, from Wong Kar Wai is um, Italian. Um, that um, can't be true. Umberto D. Umberto D is good. Uh, I really yeah. liked Il Posto. Um, Il Posto is good. Dark oh, Waters is allegedly Italian. Allegedly. Allegedly. Well, that's what I mean. Pheno- this phenomena. Do, 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 do. So yeah, some some Argento is very good. Tenebre is a pretty good show. Mm-hmm. What have uh, they done to your daughters? Mm-hmm. That's good. I I really liked La Grande Buffet. The Grand Buffet. Yeah. That one sounds okay. Uh you would uh, not, you wouldn't like that movie. I don't think. I don't so, like much, Jared. It's not, it's not it's not an RJ pick. Yeah, that's fine. I don't like much. 
Jesus of Nazareth was allegedly filmed in Italy. It's a good film. Uh, Salo. Uh, bien. Oh, I beg your pardon. That's French for you, bud. I know. <laughs> uh, I like Salvatore Giuliano, but uh, it seems like I'm the only person that likes that movie. I don't know. I thought the movie was decent. I liked it. Mm-hmm. Mama Roma. Yeah, one day we'll, we'll watch uh, again, for me at least, Investigation of a Citizen Above Suspicion, which is also, I think, a, a five-star right along with Umberto D. Okay, okay. I'll take your word for it now. Yes. Hey, you know what's not a good Italian film? La Dolce Vita. Oh, dear. Viva la Italy. <laughs> and you talk like this. Wow. All right. Foodie question of the week. Uh-huh. My fam recently checked out a new ice cream place we just got called Ever Creamery. Mm. That sounds, oh. sounds uh, creamery. The way you said that was not a not appealing uh, to me at all. Uh, Ever creamery. Yeah. Despite not- looking like your typical ice cream place, it ended up tasting much better. I went with a scoop of Java chocolate chunk and praline ice cream in a waffle cone. I have asked mm. what your favorite flavors are before, but do you prefer a cup or cone? What kinds of toppings do you go with? Nuts, fruit, candy, various syrups? Also, do you prefer frozen yogurt, ice cream, gelato, or sorbet? I prefer ice cream with plenty of nuts, blueberries, mm-hmm. and I'm a big caramel syrup boy. Ooh. How about it, RJ? Cup or cone? Or it bo- depends. Or bowl? <laughs> or it actually it does depend. I usually like the cone uh, because it's more it's easier access for me. Uh, waffle cone, I'm a fan <laughs> Is that of. because you can shove your face into it? <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, you're, I you're, like you're, you're not going to break your teeth on some uh, bowl by accident. Well, I mean, ice cream's weird for me, anyways. I really like ice cream, but I have sensitive teeth, uh, so eating ice cream sometimes hurts my teeth just because it's too cold. And I always tell Andrea, and she says I'm making it up, but I don't like eating fruit out of the fridge because it's too cold. And she's like, "You just don't eat fruit or vegetables." It's like, no, it's just it's too cold on my teeth. And that—that's the honest truth, Jared. It's too cold. My teeth are too sensitive. I'm shaking my head, just so people know. It's it's too cold. But I like the cone myself. But uh, at home, we don't have cones. I just I bowl it. And uh, you know what I like to do, Jared? Yep. I bowl it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like to. I have two things I do, and I I like to change my ice cream. I just have plain vanilla. Sometimes I'll put some chocolate syrup on it, and then I'll I'll get a big spoon and I'll really just mash the shit out of it. Uh, and stir it and mash it until it's basically it's like a, a soup. frosty. Yeah, it's a yeah. soupy mess. Soupy, frosty mess. Uh, I really like that. But lately what I've been doing is a couple scoops of ice cream, uh, some chocolate chips, and then a big tablespoon of peanut butter, and then I mash that around, and that's how I eat it. It's not too bad. Mm. Not too bad. What about you, big dog? You eating that ice cream? Well, when I do eat ice cream, uh-huh. um, I'm fine with bowls. Cones, okay. cones I'm... I can take or leave. Impartial. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As far as the toppings, I mean, yeah, make mine Schmucker's caramel syrup. Why'd you say Schmucker's like that? Why'd you say Schmucker's? Schmucker's. 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 No, I'm not. I'm not a fan of that. You're not a fan of how I say it, or you're not a fan of caramel sauce. I'm not a fan of you and how you say it. 
I see. Well, that's fine. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That just is that douse that on everything. It's, uh, okay. Makes everything better. Mm-hmm. Um, once in a while, I might like throw some like peanuts in there, de- depending. On what were you? What are you going to throw in there? Penis. Is that what you, oh, oh yeah 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 you gotta make sure there's yeah. lots of penis in chopped my, or shaved in, uh just the whole thing a whole peanut okay. a whole peanut in there okay. so uh, other than that the one the one memory that popped into my mind though was as a kid uh having like a big bowl of vanilla ice cream and getting um the hershey quick syrup mm-hmm. and just like making like a little like a shell uh, no, well, not shell. Like it never hardened, but it was just like you would use it for like making like I don't know, chocolate milk. It wasn't a powder. It was like a, oh yeah, it was yeah. A, I use Nesquik syrup. Sorry, Nesquik. That's what I was trying to think of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nesquik. And, yeah, that's the way to go. And, and you make a, a like a lava e mountain, like a volcano that's just exploded, and it's chocolate, and it, and it rolls down the side of the vanilla ice cream, and it makes little chocolate lakes. Mm-hmm. That's, that's when you back when you're a child and like having fun with your food and now you just shove your face into it and you're like why isn't this a cone <laughs> so i can eat it too is that how you went about things no uh and yeah as far as these these this frozen yogurt ice cream gelato sorbet thing ice mm-hmm. cream uh yeah ice cream for sure like frozen yogurt i i do like a lot too Mm -hmm. but uh yeah ice cream yes ice cream yeah gelato is i think it's total scam but maybe that's Mm. just this the the anti-italian bias of this podcast that's true plus i mean there's nowhere we would have gelato here not real gelato so it's like i don't know if i've ever even had it you know not like the real stuff at least you didn't go to the gelato place when we had it I did, but it's like, was that actually gelato, or is that just? It, it sure they, was. It, it just ice cream that they said was gelato. I mean, it didn't taste like ice cream. It was like, it was ice cream esque, but it did have its own weird flavor, like a unique mm-hmm. flavor. You you could get a crepe at the same time. I got some of the crepes. I don't mind that. Yeah, yeah, big crepe boy. A Criterion crepe. Wow. Game talk. Uh, so, what are some of your favorite playing card games, and do you ever mm-hmm. hit up any casinos? Spades Ooh. has always been my game of choice, and I played some Texas Hold'em in a, on a cruise casino once, and was up for a whole for up for a while until I lost it all. Thanks for the time, gents, and have a great show. Cheers. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, not. I don't play any of these games of chance. You're not a gambling man? Nope. No? You never even dabbled in uh, Texas Hold'em when it was super popular like 20 years ago? No. No? I I couldn't tell you. I I don't – I know absolutely fucking nothing. I don't know what hand beats what. Um, Mm -hmm. I am – Well, the right hand beats the other. I I am ignorant of of cards. Of such things. I know blackjack, I guess. So that's my my answer. Blackjack. Mm -hmm. Blackjack is fine. Blackjack is fine. Uh, I mean, I think I've mentioned before, I, I'm i part of that poker group that meets once a year during the Christmas break, mm-hmm. and that's okay. I've won it a couple times. That's pretty nice. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm very good or anything, but I know how to play. I can I can hang for a little while at least. Um, I don't know. For card games, I don't like playing blackjack or poker at casinos. Like when I 
the few times I would go because there's so many table rules where it's just like if you do something that throws off someone else and then everyone yells at you. So I was always a roulette man myself because it's like what I did didn't affect anyone else. And I know that's a very chancy game, Jared, but I, I like roulette. And it doesn't involve cards. Doesn't involve cards, but he brought up the casino gambling. So mm-hmm. I don't play any any card games at casinos when I would go. Uh, I didn't. I'm not a slots man either. It no. would just some roulette. That's it. That's all I liked. Yeah, I um, I don't do any gambling. Do you want to go down and play some roulette with me since casinos might be opening soon? Oh, hell yeah! Yeah, I heard that's a great way of catching things. Want to touch uh, the same chips that everyone else touches and mm-hmm. stuff like that? Oh, yeah. But, hey, I'm sure they're okay. following all the guidelines set, set, oh. set between the uh, the government and, you know, the place you're at. They've, they'll keep, they give a shit. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, they'll get one of those fogging machines and they'll come fog the chips in between players. I'm sure. I, scientific, I mean, scientific evidence shows absolutely nothing because there isn't any. So yes. That sounds like a great plan. Yep. Well, I'll see you tomorrow then. Capital idea. Yeah, that's what we'll do tomorrow night. You don't have to go to work. Uh, we'll just uh, we'll do some. Uh, yeah, we'll be doing some gambling. Shane Gordon. Who? Shane O'Mac. Shane O'Mac writes oh. in with an email entitled "The King of Feminism." Me? Maybe. Okay. Hello, creeps. Mm-hmm. Just dropping a note to say hello and thank you for all the work you do to entertain the masses. Well, yeah. Wondering your thoughts on Burger King's latest faux pas in advertising oh, yeah. for International Women's Day. Mm-hmm. Are, are... Did you hear about this, Jared? I heard about this. I heard about you this. You seen this? Did you see this? Did you, though? Uh, I did, actually. Oh, okay. I, I did see it, uh, I think, last night. I saw someone that they were using the Burger King, a graphic of the Burger King mm-hmm. uh, in reference to this, saying that the, I think it was like what the Burger King UK account tweeted mm-hmm. out uh, something on International Women's Day mm-hmm. uh, that women belong in the kitchen. Yes. And then in the subsequent subsequent tweet, they're like, mm-hmm. because they're underrepresented in kitchens and they should be working there more. Chefs, what, what's the mm-hmm. deal? And so we're putting $25,000 scholarships into doing this. And people are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> it's like uh, most people are just going to see the one tweet and not the follow-up. And why don't you like do something like the, the lazy thing would just be like, say, call yourself Burger Queen or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, yeah, that, that seems to be because all it did was invite like assholes into, yeah. into the into the mix. So that was a, a big PR uh, to do a big, fia- a big fiasco. Faux pas. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds like a, a bad call. But hey, I mentioned like a week or two ago, remember? I was like, Burger King really fuck has been fucking around with their advertising lately. Like, and this seems like an isolated incident, but uh, what are you doing, BK? I thought we had it our way. What happened to Sneak King? Bring that guy back. Yeah, we, we need it for the on Steam. On Steam? Yeah, Steam. You know, the, the, the gaming platform. Get Sneak King oh. on there. I mean, I still have my Xbox yeah. copy of it if you'd like to borrow it. Do you have a way to play your Xbox? I still have an Xbox 360, and th- that's backwards compatible, so I, we could play Xbox games it's, on it. It's kind of backwards compatible. 
Oh, only for some games, right? Yeah. I don't know if Sneak King would make the cut. That wasn't a priority for them? I, I, I doubt it, but you never know. Well, if the offer stands, maybe that can be a, um, that can be a new online prize. Actually, uh, I think I have something in mind for the Snyder Cut, Jared. You remember the Snyder Cut? Uh, next Tuesday? Yes. So uh, I was going to surprise people online, but I think uh, our new contest giveaway for this month, <gasps> I have an unopened box of Batman v Superman cereal. Yes, it is expired. Yes, it is five to six years old, but it is unopened and it is the Batman flavor. So it's chocolate, strawberry, little batarangs made out of uh, chemicals, I'm sure. But uh, mm-hmm. should we do a little draw for that, Jared? A, uh... Sure. Is it going to be signed by both of us or just you? Uh, I mean, it can be signed by both of us for sure. I definitely didn't sign that other one, but I mailed it out and the person never said anything. So hopefully they got it. Uh, I was going to tell them, it's like, Hey, maybe, you know, like put out a picture of the prize you won from our website. And then I never heard from them ever. So they didn't, I don't think they listened to the podcast. They just saw, (laughs) they saw a contest and they entered it. But, um, yeah, anyways, uh, I was just thinking like, uh, a collector's item. Uh, a box of unopened BVS cereal. And the reason, Jer, that I would part with such a, a personal, emotional thing tied to me is because mm. uh, a- Andy doesn't want it in the house anymore. She's like, it's going to attract mice. She's like, eat it or get rid of it. And I was like, I'm not going to eat cereal that's three years expired. I was like, what are you, nuts? But uh, I don't want to get rid of it either because it's, what if it's worth money, Jer? Mm. What if it's worth millions one day? Hey, are, are you uh, Are you sober yet? Uh, I mean, not really. Okay. Uh, I've been good, actually. I'm not like uh, I've been actually pretty good. So I'm not drinking nightly or anything like that. That's good. Yeah. Well, and like, I don't know. What do you think would be too much? I know I asked you already, but what's what's too much? Um, I guess if you were like <laughs> missing work and um, yeah, that seems like a bit much. That's pretty bad. And. When you can't function without it, yes. So I mean, that's I mean, it's it's subjective, I guess. Sure. Until it becomes objectively bad for you. Objectively. No. Or subjectively. Uh, no, I've I've actually I've been good. I have been good. I uh, I haven't uh, strayed from the path, but uh, I have been counting down the days. We only got twenty one more days left, Jared. So you are you are in the midst of this. Yes. No. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like, I, okay. I actually have been good. I haven't. Uh, okay. I haven't strayed away from. I, that, I remember so. there was. It sounded like at the time. I think uh, it was being. It was being entertained. They, they uh, no. Oh no. Yeah. This. We. I. I did it for real. Uh, okay. Starting. Starting of March. Yes. The. The only thing is there. Uh, I might like. There's a chance if we're allowed to like gather again with other people. Like, say it's nice outside, and I can visit like one the one friend that i do visit who's in town like the him and his uh, girlfriend if that were to happen i would break it but uh it, it seems doubtful like it doesn't seem like uh people are going to be allowed to see each other again so ever i mean just ever yeah we can meet outside but fuck it's cold outside i don't want to hang out outside mm-hmm. you know I mean? god god damn but yeah I've, I've been pretty good how about your so- sober march how's it going uh not well <laughs> no you really fell off yeah I mean, I didn't know I, was, I didn't know I was supposed to be. 
Well, I mean, you don't have to be. Okay, good. What I, what I learned is most people, if they do a sober month, it's usually February. Oh, because it's the shortest month? Because it's the shortest month. And, yeah. and maybe they've uh, overdone it for the previous two months with the holiday season. Yes. Yeah. Or the previous t- uh, 11 months. Right. And since they, the last sober February. What I know a coworker of mine, uh, him and his wife did this, and I think the, like, the day that they could drink again, they just immediately went and got soused. So, yeah. Yeah, it's like great success. I mean, I'd I'd probably have a beer or two the first day, but I don't know. I never felt like I overdid it, but it was uh, consistent, like, you know, a cup, one or two a night kind of thing, like with dinner. So it's like, yeah, I should probably pull that back a little bit because one, it's a lot of money. And two, it is a lot of money. I heard it's a lot of calories, allegedly. Yep, that too. So I just got to stick with the clear liquids. Those are less Mm. calories. Yep, it is. uh, It is not for everyone. Possibly. The liquor, yeah, yeah. I feel like some people shouldn't, but give it, send it my way, so you avoid temptation. I'll, I'll get, I'll dispose yep. of it for you. Perfect. Yeah. Shane continues. Oh yeah, right. Remember Burger King? Just had yeah. uh, had to throw up my vote for John Wick as a Keanu action flick. I saw Matrix in theaters when it came out, and I thought it was mm. hot garbage. Whoa, Ooh, damn. Special effects were great, but I felt it was the prologue to a story that I didn't know if they would flesh out. I walked out feeling like I had the backstory, but didn't really start the main story. Interesting. I uh, I never saw Matrix in theater. I, I rented that from Blockbuster after I don't know how I had completely missed the fanfare of this movie. Mm-hmm. It, it just, I don't know. I was in a different world. Um, and then, actually, I was probably watching like Stanley Kubrick movies on VHS. Like a With big... your beret on? My beret? Yeah. Um, I just assume you had one. I did not. Oh, okay. And I do not have a beret. Oh. Oh. Somewhere I have a, I fl- somewhere I have a flat cap. And boy, did I laugh. Did boys, the, the one scene of Hank Hill trying on a flat cap and looking in the mirror and going, <laughs> I look like a jackass. And how did you feel? I laughed. You laughed, and you're like, same, brah. Same. <laughs> same. Same, brah. I also wanted to throw out my sympathy. As someone who watched the rise and fall of Bam Margera. Is it Margera? Oh. Bam uh, Margera? Or, Margera? Yeah. Margera? Margera? I don't know. Ah, fuck, yeah. Margera? Bam. I think it's Margera. I think you're right. Bam. Bam Margera. I recognize someone with a problem, similar to RJ's apparent problems with imbibing. I want him to get yeah, RJ. Is wow. A, yeah. See? Wow. Huge. Huge. I, I want him to get help and be healthy for himself, his son, and his family. No need for the spotlight anymore, as I'm sure that feeds into the pressure, which seems to be when he derailed himself. Hopefully, it comes before too long. Well, kind words from, mm. for Bam, who was yeah. given the boot off of Jackass for, I guess. I mean, allegedly, but is it because he has an addiction problem? I don't know. I, I don't know the uh, the ins and outs of, like, the jackass people. I just know yeah. that I I really enjoy those movies. Well, because Steve-O did. He was addicted to whippets oh. for a long time. Mm-hmm. But I think he got off of it. Yeah, and then he started writing uh, tweets and uh, Instagram posts for a podcast I know. 
Oh, he took over uh, as one of the characters for a podcast. Yeah. Yeah, just for hot tweet, hot tweets, right? That's right. Mm. I remember. Remember when he came to the Roadhouse, <laughs> Steve-O? Yeah. Uh, I don't. I must that... not have been here, or I would have. I would have gone if I had known. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> must have. Must have missed me. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. the... <laughs> one more last question. Oh, what yeah. is your favorite bad dialogue in movies? I have to go to the nurse samurai cop interaction in the original samurai cop. One I haven't seen the movie in full, but the clip is gold uh, from Showdown in Little Tokyo. When Brandon Lee tells Dolph Lundgren, Kenner, just in case we get killed, I wanted to tell you, you have the biggest dick I've ever seen on a man. Uh... Are, are you familiar with that exchange, RJ? I've heard about it being on a woman, but never on a man. I see. Yeah. Keep I've... up the good work, Shane says, and concludes his huh. email. Bad dialogue. I mean, I guess the one that I think about quite a bit is any, like, it's more of the acting, though, than maybe the writing or a little bit of both. Michael Madsen in Sin City. <laughs> Going back to uh, Frank Miller-directed things. Um, are, you, are you talking about the bum ticker? Bum ticker. Heard you got a bum ticker. Yeah, that one's pretty bad. <laughs> that's uh, that's some good mind reading. Uh, or the shit. Oh yeah, that, that fucking Sin City. That yeah, you love good. that movie, right? Oh boy. I um, I mean, I think going to anything John Lovitz acting. Hey, which, uh, I bring up quite a bit. Not him specifically, but yeah. people try people who are more John Lovitz unintentionally. Right. They're trying to be Lovitz. They're trying to be Lovitz. It's but more they're like not they're, quite. they're more like John Failitz. John Failitz. Yeah. It's um, it's uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't think I really have any other than people who sound like John Lovitz, but unintentionally, right? Or intentionally, I guess. But they're just not good at it. If that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I mean, there's always garbage day. <laughs> Garbage day. I see. I still haven't seen that movie. Oh man, you're missing out. I've never seen that, but anytime Michelle Rodriguez says she didn't sign up for this or something, that's uh, usually <laughs> some pretty high quality line reading. Mm-hmm. Fuck, I hate that. I didn't sign up for this to kill a man in cold blood, and it's like stop, just stop. That's like uh, I saw that Wandavision line <laughs> that people were making fun of last week. Did you see that? No All the memes. No, it was like a line that vision says. And then someone like someone tweeted out and it was like, it's like, here's a, or it's like, and then just like that, a universal sigh under your breath. Fuck from screenwriters everywhere. Uh, like as if it was like, man, what a line. And it was something like vision goes like, what is grief? If not love persevering or something like that. And then like a lot of people were making fun of it afterwards because they're just like, like this is an original. People have been saying shit like this forever. But, I don't know. I haven't seen that one division, but I've mentioned to you that Andrea would like to give it a go. Mm. But she's only ever seen like two Marvel movies. Do you think it'll make sense to her? Well, maybe she'll be really surprised when it's like, "You're the Scarlet Witch," which apparently in the show is like it's like a big deal if you've never read a comic. So like, but like, I, I wish like I don't fucking care. It's but it's like a line reading. It's like you are the Scarlet Witch or something. I was reading someone like re- writing a 
a criticism of the show, I guess. I don't know. Uh, I, so, I actually, I've seen some I, people who have like stakes in it. I mean, I oh, you know, yeah. uh, like like anything regarding the MCU and its extended verse. I I don't care because I don't watch. Those and you movies. never have. Nope, never did. But I was. I guess for some reason I wanted to click on this because I have seen a lot of people uh, being very enthusiastic about the show. And, yeah, it sounds fine. And, and so I, I think I've only seen like one thing pop up saying, "Here's my problems with it," and I read through it. And I went, "Oh yeah, that stuff would probably drive me crazy." So yeah. I'm good. Everyone, people are over there. They can enjoy the show. Yep. And I'll be over here, um, waiting for Disney Plus to get something I really want to watch, like uh, King of the Hill. Wow. I mean, I'm almost done. King of the oh. RJ. What about Futurama? Ah, uh, you know, those last that that second half of Futurama is not great. Yeah, but you could always watch the first half well, up into the movies. Actually, is it and the, then, no, and then the show was okay. It's those movies that aren't good. Well, you could watch up until then, and, and then and, you'd be okay. And then, well, or, no, did the new episodes come out after the movies there was new episodes after the movies okay. yeah and th- yeah. that's where the that's where the dip is and then they start rewriting history yeah. yeah uh and that's that's where the dip is i think but leading up to it it's uh clear skies okay i got i got one more email and then we'll, we'll then we, we'll talk maybe a little bit about king of the hill yeah. uh sam loveland oh baby that post Hello, creeps. I have uh, I keep having things I want to email in about, but keep forgetting to. From henceforth, I will be writing down everything I think I want to send, so I don't forget. Very good. What what commitment? Mm-hmm. I am now fifty percent of the way through Gravity's Rainbow, at least according oh, to Goodreads. I'm going to try and tackle Ulysses next this year. I want to read a lot more, especially fiction, which I don't read very often. Wow, good for you, sir. Yeah, good good on you, man. You would once if you finish, you will be the only person I've ever met that maybe actually has read Gravity's Rainbow. I still don't think anyone ever has, but uh if you say so, I'll, I'll have to take your word for it. Also, I would like to officially lodge a complaint about that Uh-oh. awfully offensive post that was on the gram the other day. Uh-oh. You you know the one. I understand the movies you guys watch have some adult themes, but come on. There's kids out there who might see that stuff. RJ should be ashamed. Thank you, Sam. I, Slam, Love Machine, Loveland. I just, so is he talking about the My Private Idaho posts? I believe so. Well, I just got to say, I did not create those. Your problem was is with the United you, Kingdom. You, you are the gatekeeper. I know, but it's way too much pressure on me to be the uh, the keeper of the memes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And uh, I felt like I felt like people I had to see it, and so I feel like other people had to see it as well. Because uh, Oliver Granger actually said the same thing. He's like, "This is not what I wanted to wake up to," and I was just like, "You know what?" <laughs> I was like, "If I had to see this, you have to see this. That's how this works. You're here for the ride." Oh yeah, you're here for the ride. You're here for the ride. Um, but uh, yeah, if you have issue, just uh, send a um, I don't know a telegram or something to England, I believe, and uh, try to get a hold of uh, what's his face. <laughs> I was gonna say what's his nuts, Rob Eagle. <laughs> just... Robert Eagle. 
Robert Eagle of the United Kingdom. Just file your complaints to him. I think his email is uh, Big Sweat Daddy uh, at uh, Shaw dot UK or something like that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I, see, I was a, I was a fan of the uh, the screen cap from uh, Deuce Bigelow. That Holy fuck! <laughs> uh, that's that's some oh. good uh, that's some good closed captioning. That's Disney Plus, my man. <laughs> Usually, that level of effort is not put into uh, those kinds of scenes. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, when we were watching that, I was like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> it's, it makes me laugh even now. <laughs> I uh I had to get I had to get a shot of that. Um and hey, I'm not even kidding, man. Deuce Bigelow was a uh, legitimately good movie and after watching it, I said to Andrew, I was like, I feel like I I forgot that this movie influenced my life so much. I think <laughs> if people want to know why I am the way I, way I am, just watch Deuce Bigelow and then probably watch Undercover Brother with Eddie Griffin and then you're going to be like, "Oh, I get it." This is why he's he is like this. I think that's the best way I can I can say it. Deuce Bigelow and Undercover Brother. That's that's why I am the way that I am, Jared. Well, I mean, it's a good thing that the podcast podcast commission doesn't look at things at the Instagram. They, they, they only listen to things. Yeah, they uh, that Instagram. That's uh that's after dark. That's for adults only. That's right. Yeah, because I know there's some young budding cinephiles out there who are like, man, I really want to see some screenshots of classic uh, cinema. Um, but uh, hey, honestly, those pictures came from uh, Gus Van Sant. So uh, you, if you got a problem, take it up with John Criterion or uh, mm-hmm. what was uh, the other one? Well, Gary well, well, yeah, well, it's only John Criterion. He's the. He, he, I mean, Gary Collection. We're with him. Yeah, we're we're on Gary's we're, side of we're, things. We're we're just a couple Gary collections over here. Just a couple of uh, Gary collections <laughs> over there. John's got the Criterion. We've got the collections. We got the other guys. Oh, yeah, right. Boffo, get it? Boffo. What does Boffo mean? Uh, box office. Buy one get one. Yeah. Hey RJ. Yeah. That's it for emails. Okay. Oh, what you been creeping on? It's nice to hear from all of our many friends. Uh, well, let me tell you, Jared, about a little film called Double Take. Wow. So th- is this a new Criterion release? This is on, a on the channel. It's not yet, but I have a feeling that uh, pretty soon it's going to be. It's going to be. Now, are you familiar with Double Take, Jared? Um. In the sense that I know of it. Well, it's a Brett Ratner produced film. Oh, dude. oh yeah, that's... Uh... He's not the director, but it is produced by Mr. Brett Ratner. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I think, that's, I think that's fairly clear when you see the film. Um, speaking of movies that have molded me as a, a young individual, uh, I forgot uh, about Double Take. And then uh, Disney Plus, with their acquisition of Fox in their new movies. Uh, I saw this on there and I was like, I was like, Oh yeah, I'm going to watch me some double take. So Orlando Jones is a uptown businessman. Uh, Eddie Griffin. This is, I will point out that this is based on a story called across the bridge by Graham green. Oh, 
of the director of the third man or sorry, the director uh, who also wrote this story, which uh, the third man's based on. See, we should watch this when we watch the third man then. Uh, no? Possibly. I think so. I think so. So Orlando Jones, uptown guy, uh, Eddie Griffin is a, uh, in the streets, a uh, hustler. Uh, and, um, what happens Jared is their lives and their paths cross a little bit more than they, a little bit more than chance would allow. And they get, they both get kind of caught up in things that are potentially bigger than they can handle. And maybe they have to work together, Jared. Maybe. Maybe they have to assume each other's uh, roles a little bit. The reason I wanted to watch this was because Eddie Griffin is in Deuce Bigelow. And I already mentioned my affinity to Undercover Brother. Uh, I think Eddie Griffin is one of the biggest influences of my life is what I'm trying to say. Okay. Uh, I I think I owe this man a lot. Um, Is this movie good? I wouldn't say that. Uh, there are some jokes in this movie that actually did make me laugh quite a bit still. Uh, but the real shocker in this movie, Jared, was at the end, there's a song uh, from Joe, just Joe, uh, featuring Mystical called Stutter. Uh, and I haven't heard this song in probably 15 years. Uh, but when it came on, uh, I, uh, I hit Andy with some of the sick beats and I, uh, I dropped this thing out word for word verbatim and she was like who are you she's like why do you know this song and i was like why don't you know stutter by joe and mystical i was like this is premier audio production right here uh needless to say i slept in the basement that night um andrea was in her life i think after that but uh i gotta tell you man this thing checks out it's not a bad little watch for, uh, you know, you're on the weekend with uh, someone that uh, you want to hang out with. Uh, maybe throw on a double take. Have a good time. See what's up. There are some questionable racial jokes in this thing, uh, which I do believe are probably because of Brett Ratner. Allegedly, he seems to have uh, done that kind of stuff before. If you believe what other people have said. Uh, I don't know. That's all I really have to well, say I mean, about so, so Brett Ratner's greatest claim to fame would be a producer of prison break which is a good show i think i used to like that show quite a bit mm-hmm. those first uh <laughs> three seasons or so are uh, pretty good pretty good and then i stopped watching but uh that's on uh, netflix i've been thinking about giving it a rewatch Ooh. and uh this is this movie uh gave me a new tag that i plan to use uh called post sweat so it's not quite 90s sweat it's just after, but it's similar vibes. Do you do you know what I mean, Jarrett? Uh, yeah, I, I I feel you. Because this is 2001, which makes me think that like probably pre-production started in nine, 1999. So it's like this is post-sweat for sure. A little bit. Anyways, are you gonna watch Double Take this weekend? No. <laughs> but you have Disney Plus. Uh, yeah, I guess I have access to that, but. Um... And you plan not I'm good. to watch? I'm good. Hey, apparently uh, there's a there's an episode of South Park airing tonight uh, called South Park Q Vaccination Special. Okay. With a tagline, we will be heard, H-E-R-D. Oh, and the synopsis is the citizens of South Park. Park, you are clamoring for the COVID-19 vaccine. 
a hilarious new militant group tries to stop the boys from getting their teacher vaccinated. Oh, are you are topical? Are you going to watch that over Double Take? I would watch it over Double Take, yes, but I'm probably not going to watch it either. I feel like we need to end the podcast. Okay. Potentially. Potentially. Uh, but that's all I watched. Um, so I, I got some Star Treks for you. Not as many as you would hope. I mean, and actually looking at it, it's I'm actually a little surprised. I only have four episodes I can yeah, talk about. That's not very good. That's, that's horrible. It's not very good. You're falling. You're going to fall one shy of finishing season six and putting it to bed. Do you want to stop and I can go watch it and then we'll come <laughs> no, back? No, I don't. <laughs> uh, would you? Would you still like to talk about these episodes? Yes, I do. Okay. Do you have anything you'd like to talk about before we get into this, Jared? Not at all. Okay. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. Uh, all right. Where did we leave off? Last episode we watched was six twenty one with Zool, Kira Zool, uh, and my the one that I I kind of just finished off. Which is saying like fuck off this episode. It annoyed me so much. The uh, the the weirdness in that one little thing with the the tachyons or whatever. I was like, Ugh. okay. Anyways, six twenty two. Uh, and alternate titles: Montage Trek or Jake Sucks. And I'm gonna give this a big fat one out of four stars, Jer, for six twenty two. <laughs> I did not like this episode. <laughs> I think, but it's not it's not outright bad. I just didn't like it. That's all. This is kids in space. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, but we've and we've had kids in space in both series before. But I actually didn't mind TNGs when they get kidized. I didn't mind that one. This is a different kind of kids. Yeah, I was uh, I was deep into some kit bashing when I was watching this. And for for, okay. for, for people who want to know what that is, that's when you're taking your your plastic minis and you're mm-hmm. cutting them up and making new minis out of it. That's what I was doing while this episode Ooh, played. Shit. So I was uh, pretty zoned out on this. All I remember is the kids, because <laughs> there's like a sister ship to the Defiant, uh, the Valiant, the, the Valiant, and mm-hmm. that was like out there, you know, fucking shit up, doing some secret missions. It got rocked. The captain died, and so did the next few people get killed. In basically like, every command. senior officer, all, all the adults were yeah. killed leaving like young young starfleet officers in charge like and it's like oh this is like the young arrogant kirk like character with the, like ch- like very young looking actors yep red squad red squad cuz they're like the elite they're the best mm-hmm. of starfleet and uh i think the implication is that the the captain's like a bit of a drug addict at this point it it's impl- it's implied that, but it's also implied like a little bit. It's like, wait a minute, they're like, we're on a secret mission that we intend to to yeah. fulfill, and it's like, are you? It's like, or it's like maybe you should guys should check in. You're like 15, mm-hmm. but they're like, we're Red Squad, baby. Yeah, uh, I think whatever you want to say about this episode, I think it all it always gets summarized at the end with like the, the fucking line i, I had to rewind because it was like so funny was well, like um uh, so what happens is the, the, these kids so uh, jake and nog mm-hmm. are they're going on like a trip and yeah. they get attacked by a, a dominion ship the defi- uh, the valiant comes out of nowhere saves them teleports mm-hmm. them out 
And they're like, well, you're going to join us for this thing because we're almost done. We're almost going to accomplish this task. And then you can go back home and it'll be fine. Well, uh, it's it's a fa- it's a big fucking failure. The, the, the kid, oh, really? The, the, the kids blow it. And yeah. uh, all, all it's like, what, three of them survive? J- Jake Nog and one girl. Yeah. Uh, and they get rescued. And there's this like kind of thing at the end where the girl's like, oh, Captain, blah blah blah. He was he was so brave, and you know he really had like the best intentions for the ship. And I think like is it Jay who's like he got everyone killed. He was a mm-hmm. terrible leader. <laughs> and then and then she goes, that's not how I'll remember it. Yeah, and you're like, good God. <laughs> it's like how relevant though in, in some ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, exactly, because she's like, he was the best, and we, and she's like, I'd still die for him. And Jake's like, how can you say that? He killed everyone on your ship. None of them had to die. They could have all just went home. Yeah. And she's like, that's not how I'm going to remember it. She's like, that's not how I saw things. So, uh, And then even Nog is persuaded by it, and you're just like, damn. 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 <laughs> Yeah, I did not like this episode. It's like I said, it's not an outright bad episode. I was just like, mm. I was like, I don't want this right now. Well, that makes sense. Well, this is the uh, yeah, this this next this is a stretch of episodes. That's for sure. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> oh yeah. This is some like uh, some padding. I will say. Do you have anything else to say about no, that, Valiant? That's about it. I mean, I didn't. I wouldn't give this. This doesn't get a one out of four, but uh, it is definitely yeah. kind of just there. It's yeah, not. It's not. This an, is a low two. This, I'd, I'd say I feel like this you. is this isn't a lot of people's favorite episodes. That's for sure. Yeah, for sure. But Jared, let me tell you about something. Profit in lace. Maybe tell you about six point two three, or as I like to say, what the fuck is going on? Unrated. <laughs> I I didn't even this this episode threw me for so many spins <laughs> watching it. Like, I think, like, 10 minutes in, I was like, wait a minute, what's going on? And then, like, 20 minutes, I was like, wait, 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 wait. Oh, boy. What, what is going on? And then, it di- and then it did it again, and I was just like, I was like, what the fuck is going on in this episode? Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of liked this one, just yeah. because of Quark. Yeah. But but this episode is wild, Jerry. Yeah, yeah. Why don't you tell me about so it? So my first, my, I have two notes for this one. Workplace sexual harassment. Because this opens up with Quark just full on, just creeping on his staff on another Dabo girl and being like, ah, yeah, you know, you can get ahead. <laughs> that kind of thing. It's like, oh, yeah. classic Quark. Yeah, this episode could also be called Quark the Feminist. And or then, like Quark and, discovers feminism, you know? Yeah. And then, uh, then my next line was, whoo boy. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so. This is some '90s so, so, stuff. So, uh, Gre- uh, the, the Grand Magnet, Magus, and uh, and Quark's mom, they're kind of on the run, a little bit. Uh, there seems to be something going down on Ferenginar. This is we always have to like a ongoing tale of what's happening on Ferenginar in DS9. And they're like, "What's going on? Has, has it been attacked by the Dominion? It's like some something's amiss." Yeah. And then uh, Grand Magnus shows up, and they're like, "Oh yeah, I've been deposed." <laughs> And uh, that's just a great Wallace shot, 100%. <laughs> as as a Grand Magnus, Magus, I don't see the Grand Nagus. No, Mag Nagus. I keep saying Magus, Magus, yeah, Nagus, yeah, Nagus. It's think of it like he's a Nag, yeah, that's how I remember. 
Yeah, with yeah. Um, some uh, early onset like Alzheimer's. Well, maybe not early. He is like really fucking just old in general. Yeah, he's all yeah. senior moments. Except from uh, when Moogie is around because she helps him. She, yeah, she keeps him straight, and and she's also pushing her agenda, which is essentially just <laughs> like uh, you know women's rights on Ferenginar, so they don't have yeah. to just like stay inside of their uh, houses their, naked their all the time. Hall. Yeah, yeah, they don't have to stay in the holes naked. They they can go out, wear yeah. some clothes. That's right, which is very uh, Make disruptive. Profit. So, uh, what's his name? Jeffrey Combs is uh, Grunt. Grunt. I I think it's Grunt. Or Brunt. 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 Yeah, Brunt. 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 Something uh, like that. So Brunt, who is the he's like the IRS or auditor. Uh, yeah, he is. He yeah. is. He's like the all of Ferenginar's IRS. Yeah. yeah he, kind of. Well, he's now positioned to become the Nagus, which is what he wanted the last time he showed up. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's kind of been in and out of like favor and now he's back and now he might wind up being the Nagus and unless, uh, they can get some of the major Ferengi players on board with this plan to like, get, like let women have, or Ferengi women have rights, rights. um, on Ferenginar and in the society and in doing so, his mom has a heart attack basically uh, while having an argument with Quark who's like telling her off and saying, this is a, you're, you're a terrible representation of our species. And mm-hmm. she's had a heart attack. So she's taken out. And so uh, the right party, uh, the, 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 the Pepsi generator of the Ferengi people who makes Ferengi slime. The Pepsi generator. Oh yeah. yeah, what's it called again? Too. It's like it's called like slime, isn't it? Something like that. It's got a it's got a gross S- name. That's <laughs> like sprunt. Yeah, it's like sprunt mold slime or something, and yeah. you're like, ew. And so that's what everyone drinks. Uh, Reminds me of like a slurm. Slurm. From yeah, Futurama. Yeah. Mm, delicious slurm. Slurm. Yeah. Yeah. So okay, sorry, keep so going. the the owner of that's coming, and like if he could be convinced. And see the the prowess of women when it comes to making decisions, then this idea will be won over. But now his mother's had a heart attack and she won't be present, and so it's all going to go horribly wrong, unless mm-hmm. Quark gets an impromptu sex change. <laughs> I like how it's like they actually do it though, like genetically oh, change. But that's we're not well physically at least, or yeah, like yeah. they physically. But like he, uh, like there was something like his. But, they, uh, but they're also like, or there's some, there's definitely some hormones. And, yeah, because uh, he's acting different. And right? they, and like, they just, they just do this. Apparently, uh, it's, Bashir just whips this up. He just, he just, they just do it effortlessly inside of a day. And so now mm-hmm. you get to see Armin Shimmerman dressed as a female quark. Yes. Instead the, of Mrs. Doubtfiring it, where yeah. he just wore like female clothing, it's like no, no, we actually have to do a full full like hormone replacement on quark just so that it's all like clean and proper which i feel yeah. like is well, more work than was well, because needed, there but, becomes you know. a yeah, because it becomes a big moment where brunt knows what's up he knows there's, yes. like, some, there's some tomfoolery at, at foot and one of the things is like we have to prove you're a woman <sighs> right and then he just takes off his shirt and it's like oh <laughs> Oh, you go breasts. Interesting. There you go. That solves that. But it's like, wait a minute. In this world, if you uh-huh. if if it's like that easy to get like this sort of operation done, and then undone, wouldn't yeah. this be of a greater concern in like 
Star Trek world, like in the universe itself. Yes, and I've mentioned this before, like in that one season opener where they all become Klingons. They actually become Klingons in that episode. This happened. This comes up all the time. Like that one time they kidnapped uh, Kira and made her Cardassian. Yeah. Uh, it's like the same thing because I thought that the whole time I was like, because like when they became Klingons, I was like, you can just become Klingon like through surgery. I was like, I feel like that doesn't like make sense, but okay. Well, I mean, if that's the case, I mean, wouldn't that be changing things on this real level as far as like interplanetary relations? Where oh, be- yeah. <sighs> yeah. There's there's a lot more th- that you could take out of that at, like through the implication. Well, because like maybe we, we should all just become uh, changelings. I mean, if it was me, I think the obvious thing is everyone should just be Vulcan. But uh, that's basically isn't that the end of uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion? Is that everyone becomes Vulcan? We, we, no, we all become changelings. Uh, oh, the, the, well, this, this, this whatever it is, it's not the singularity, but the instrumentation project or whatever it is. I mean, I'm not going to say yes or no. I'm just going to say congratulations. Congratulations, Shinji. Congratulations. congratulations. Did you watch the Omega uh, 64 Neon Genesis? No. <laughs> Yeah, you might like it. I don't. I don't watch that. I don't watch it. So I have not seen it. You might like it. You might like it. So, anyways, did you? uh, Yes or no? Would you date (sighs) female quark? No. (laughs) Oh, okay. God, God, no. Like, not even on a first date, like to a McDonald's or something, just to see. No. (laughs) No. No. Yeah, because he wouldn't he wouldn't split the check with you. He would definitely make you pay because uh, the Ferengi are all about saving profits, right? Like, yeah. So yes or no for you on uh, profit and lace? Uh yeah. This is this is a, this is a tough nut to crack. It's pretty. It's, 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 it's definitely non essential. It's pretty. I'd say it's a kind of a terrible episode. But oh, yes. so, I mean, that's about all I'll, I'll comment on. Yeah, this is, it, this is this is a bad one. Pretty misguided, but it's definitely I'm, problematic to say the least, <laughs> to say the least, to say the very least. But I mean, it's like like I said, I, I got some enjoyment out of it just for the sheer huh kind of factor. But anyways, you want me to move on? Please do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you might get some uh, flashbacks to some TNG ratings here. Uh, 624, Keiko harasses a cat, Molly falls in a hole. Uh, this is a 2 out of 4 for me. Really? But this, is a, this is a complicated 2 out of 4. Okay. Like, I'd say on the high 2s, it's not enough of a 3 where I was like, oh yeah, that's really good. This, But I will say this about this episode. This episode made me feel... It made me feel... And I was like, man, this is like a complex issue going on in this thing. I I liked all the play with uh, Molly and stuff like that. Number one, I thought Bashir's logic made no sense from the start. (laughs) And the way this episode ends, I was like, yes, wasn't that the logical solution? Because he's like, well, then she'll cease to exist. And it's like, yes, this person who just lived a horrible, like, upbringing would cease to exist. But then they would have never existed anyways. It's not like you're killing her. Anyways, I thought Bashir's logic was weird. And then I also thought it was like something scary where it's like, do you remember that book, The Velt from uh, Ray Bradbury or yeah. the short story? Yes. I thought that they were velting uh, Molly. But also, Keiko and O'Brien are kind of negligent parents. So I, I didn't feel when uh, when I saw Molly running off in the background, I was like, hey, one of you should watch your kids. One of you should watch your kids. <sighs> Anyways, it's 
Yeah, high two for me. So, so episode 24, Time's Orphan. My oh. first note, RJ, is Molly falls down time hole. <laughs> See, that's more accurate. Because she literally, like, little Molly, because we haven't seen, like, Molly probably on the show in... For a long time. A long time. I don't even know if it's, like, the same, like, actress that's played Molly. Because, I mean, I feel like Molly's been the same age for a, forever. But for a while. The, but I guess when this was airing, it was, like, a f- you know, few-year window. So she falls down a time hole in a cave. That's mm-hmm. just like, oh, yeah, yeah, there's, like, a there's just like a time rift. Like, on Bajor? Is it Bajor there are, or a moon of Bajor? Uh, it's it's related to Bajor somewhere. Because then they get the Bajoran, pro- or, like, council or whatever to come examine the ruins or something yeah. like that and they really play it off it's like she got teleported 300 years ago and everyone's like mm, yeah that, that does happen <laughs> yeah like, i know yeah. exactly yeah they go, oh shit this is one of the problems with space travels you never know when those time holes are going to sneak up we've lost they're lots like, of people and, they're uh, like oh shit not again oh but, well okay but, let's roll but using star trek science they're able to Lock onto her tachyons. We'll just say that's like what my go-to is. Something involving tachyons, and we found them, and we're going to uh, reactivate the time hole because now we found like there's actually a time door. Uh, yeah, it's like a doorway kind of thing. And so we're going to lock onto her and bring her back, and they bring back like you know, eighteen-year-old Molly, who's now a, a feral, a feral child. It's as if, like, I think it's, like, 10 years has passed or something like oh, that. Oh, probably more than that. Yeah, maybe a little more. Because she's lost the ability to speak. Yeah. She's, so. uh, yeah, she's, yeah, she's basically on a planet that was, you know. Uninhabited. Uninhabited, you know, a thousand years earlier. And she was just, like, living in primal land. And there's no. The right, Savage Land? The Savage Land. Well, it's just, like, a place with, yeah, like. There's who, no dinosaurs. Who, we don't even know if there's animals. Because we, we, we don't see what's on that planet because they're uh, off, off, off panel because that costs money to do. Uh, it's definitely off panel. The way I kind of read it, the I thought it was like kind of implied that there was nothing other than like plant life. Because like in her drawings, the trees are like her family. So I was like, it seems like there's no other animal life. Like it's just plants. There, but... there's, there was no predators and she was just eating yeah. But that's complicated, too, because, like, if there's nothing there to produce carbon for the plants, to, like carbon dioxide for the plants to take in, it's like, how are they alive? <sighs> tachyons. Oh, right. Tachyons. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's that's always my explanation. So, oh, of course. Um, so they're, they're going to make a go of it. They're like, well, we could put her back in, and we could try to get another one, and like another <laughs> Which, Molly. And they're like, well, we couldn't do that. You're like, mm-hmm. well, who gives a shit? Throw her back and throw throw this throw this one back and get 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 our get our Molly get our Molly. Well, and see that's what I thought because I was like Bashir, I was like your idea doesn't make any sense because he's like, well, then this Molly would cease to exist, and it's like I think that's kind of the point because it's like this lady clearly just lived a horrible like it was well a maybe not horrible it was a but, like it was a life it was an existence. It was in existence, but it's like, was it a good one? I don't know. I don't know. And it's like, and he's like, well, if you get the real Molly, then this one won't exist anymore. And it's like, I think that's the idea. What if, year. what if RJ, um, in like three episodes, Starfleet uh, loses the Dominion War and Molly winds up getting enslaved and becomes a Cardassian companion girl? I mean, some of them were treated right. 
they had those hypersonic showers. Remember, it said really make sure you spend a lot of time in there. Cardassians like their women clean, mm-hmm. just like most is like. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So kind of like that. So anyway, they're like, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna try to rehabilitate her and get her back back to the ship ship shape form and uh they bring her to the station and she's like doing the ooh, ooh, bed oh i want to go home i want to go back home on my my forest planet and mm-hmm. so they go to the holodeck simulation and there's a lot of like oh she could do this but she's having issues and she's having some rage outs because some klingons really want to like get their like fight on in the holodeck mm. and so they get Do kicked. something they get kicked out and molly has a freak out she attacks quark and some randos and she stabs like, a dude they're gonna have to send her away they're gonna have to inst- put her into an institute she's dangerous um, i like the rationale there too it's like we're gonna send her to a planet of doctors in, in which we're told there is no other possible solution and you go Hmm. That, that's that's what whoever said it. It's just like they say it out loud, and you go, "What? This is ridiculous! Like this is so contrived." And then, mm-hmm. um, then we get a. Um... Oh yeah, because like my other noise, these are very supportive parents. <laughs> oh yeah, they're just yeah. like, "Oh, it's fine. You want to hide, hang out, and play in the cargo bay? <laughs> that's fine. You can do whatever you want." And it's like. We're gonna we're gonna do whatever we need, but you're going to like live in an, an asylum forever because that's so much better than you not existing because of time travel. But mm-hmm. then they go, we can't let this happen. So they uh, basically endanger everything in their life, mm-hmm. um, and endangers you know his uh, O'Brien's uh, position in Starfleet by mm-hmm. b- breaking Molly out. And, like, they're just going to send her back into the time hole so she can live out the rest of her life where she belongs. And they manage to do this. And conveniently, they send her <laughs> through the time hole. But when she goes up the time hole, she winds up mere only days since Molly herself had arrived initially on the other side of that time hole. And older Molly is able to send young Molly back through the time hole. Mm-hmm. And everything works out great, except for Savage Molly. A little bit for Savage Molly. But then... Uh, well, she, I ceases, mean, you know, she ceases to exist completely. Yeah, she dissolves, which... It, and that's kind of like what I was saying earlier. I was like, I feel like that should have been the plan the whole time. Because it's like, why why wouldn't you do that? It, it writes all the wrongs, kind of. Yeah. You know? Yeah, this is a... This is a strange one. Like, um, I, I did really like the O'Brien and Keiko trying to work with Feral Molly. I thought that was mm-hmm. good stuff. I really liked that. But then it's like I said at the same time, uh, they were negligent parents to begin with. Um, Keiko also, uh, like, bullies that cat in the opening scene, which I was like, that's weird. It's kind of like when Jordy kicks that dog. Well, is that in, is, uh, is, is, is that the, the, the crime space cat? It is, yeah. See? Yeah, it's like Chester or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so like it's sitting it, on a blanket and she pulls the blanket out from under the cat's feet. And I was like, man, what a bitch. I was like, why would you why, why wouldn't you just move the cat? I was like, that seems like a shitty thing to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then Molly falls in a hole. 
Molly fell down. Oh, it's just it's so funny too. Wolf. As she falls, like, cause, like she's falling feet first, and she's like, "Daddy, help!" And then she falls into the hole. When you were watching that, did you know that was coming? No. Uh, well, I knew something had to happen because I, when I was kind of skimming through the episodes, I was like, "Oh God!" Like I don't remember this episode, mm-hmm. uh, and, and I was like. Oh, is she going to fall into something? I'm like, oh, fuck, of course she did. And like, now we have to get her back. Imagine, like, that's the cold opening. Like, you're uh, watching TV back in, like, 1997 or whatever. And you're like, ooh, it's DS9 time. And you're like, oh, fuck. Miles and Kiko. Oh, they're kidding. Oh, the little girl fell down a time hole. Well, I better stick out through these commercials and find out what happens next. I really want to make sure little Molly's okay. And you go, wait, 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 let's, oh, let's just see. What was that? I said, wait, wait, let's just see if this amounts to anything. Yeah. I like Just it. keep watching. Isn't that, that's like all Trek. Will this amount yeah. to anything? Will this amount to anything? Oh, Cisco just committed a war crime? I wonder if this is going to come back ever. And then it doesn't. Not really. Not yet, at least. Not yet. So that's a weird one. Mm-hmm. And then I have one more for you, Jer. Yep. Uh... I have the boys simp for a ghost. Um, <laughs> and this is this is probably a two for me as well out of four. It's not a bad episode. It was definitely watchable. But at the same time, I was kind of like, I was like, I feel like we're past this kind of stuff at this point. But I was also like, hey, you know how this lady's dying from carbon dioxide poisoning? I was like, maybe you should not talk to her 24-7 so she's using more oxygen <laughs> than is needed. Maybe. That's just me. But anyways, the boys, uh, the boys simp a ghost in this one. All of the boys. Mm-hmm. All them boys. Who do you think? Uh, some of it is a little weird, too. Like, uh, I was for like for the longest time. Did you think that she was very clearly bad? The person they were talking to? No. I did, because it seemed like the advice she was giving them, like, especially Cisco, where Cisco's like, I just can't trust my girlfriend anymore. And the lady's like, well, why would you trust her? She's clearly bad. And then I was like, whoa, what? Anyways, what did you think of Space Ghost from coast to coast? I thought it was good. Yeah. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. Yeah. Tell me more about uh, um, the I sound mean, of her voice. Well, this is an episode that when I was looking up, you know, best of episodes. I think this one pops up on those lists. Really? I, I mean, I, I think I, I have no it's idea. Okay. What, I, I don't think I, it's I, I, I don't know what the IMDb uh, rating is. Seven point six. Is that good? Eh, I don't know. The next episode's an eight point four. The Keiko Time Orphan episode was six point three. Mm-hmm. Valiant was a seven point one, and this is a seven point six. So it's only point five better than the kid, kid Trek. But neither of us cared about Valiant though either. No, well, and that's what I mean. Like these IMDb ratings are are meaningless. Because get this, Jared. Remember his way, the uh, Odo uh, meets Frank Sinatra. That's a seven point six. So that's as well. the same as this. Same as this. Yeah, yeah this is a hundred percent better than that episode. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. That episode was bad. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like yeah, they kind of set up this situation. Like, it's like going to be a no win for everybody mm-hmm. but then they kind of give themselves an out because they're like we couldn't have done anything anyway <laughs> it's like yeah I, I guess so yeah I think the ending is kind of um, 
flat. Well, but, I mean, but, it's a it's kind of a non-ending, right? Right. I mean, it kind of. I mean, I get it, but at the same time, I didn't. I don't think it worked as well as they thought it was going to work. I think they really thought it was going to be like a like a we gotcha, like a real zoom on kid uh, people. Like at the end, it's like, look what we did. I, we I really do, tricked you. I think when you're doing like an episode though, where you might want to like save some money. Oh yeah, uh, like you just like yeah, hey, it's... we need the bridge. We have a bunch of scenes with like one actor talking to nobody, and mm. then we have some act. We have the people come and go as needed, and then we do a little bit of the uh, the Hell Planet footage, which I'm, yes. I'm I'm sure you're familiar with Hell Planet at this point. Uh, I've been I've been uh, I've been made aware. Yeah, from so, time to time. Yeah, so they do some Hell Planet, and they go. It's all rainy. Put turn on the rain machine, and then they're like, "Hey, there's a corpse here." <laughs> Oh, hey, settle down hey, over there, buddy. Hey, hey, yeah, that was a, that was a pencil. Um, for my notes. So, yeah, I mean, I thought it was, like, okay. I thought it was uh, well done. But, yeah, it's not, like, top tier. And, like, as far as, like, the main story, which, again, I always feel like as for as much as the Dominion War gets talked about in reference mm. to it, it is not as much of a focal point of the series as, think. as people probably who talk about it so fondly think it is, or like they, maybe it's been years since they've watched it and they're like, Oh yeah, this and this and this. I'm like, well, if you edited it down to like the major plot beats, it's definitely probably more like that. But if you're watching the series, there's a, I mean, imagine watching this week to week. Um, and you have like season breaks in between, like you have the summers off and then, uh, Christmas breaks where there's no new episodes for like eight weeks and then it comes back like watching it that way I guess also in the 90s the, the digestion of television was so different and you have to get through 26 episodes a season well I mean how how do you fill time for 26 episodes Jarrett you do uh, you, you get Armin Shimmerman to uh, really stretch his wings it's like, hey, you you seen that Mrs. Doubtfire? Do you think that should be our next step, Mrs. Quirkfire? Mrs. Quirkfire? Yeah, they um, I don't actually. I think this episode too is like it's a uh, it's a very T uh, O S original series like esque kind of thing. I yeah. thought. Yep. Yeah. So it fits into that sense, and uh, I don't mind the idea. Well, so was the like pre- so was the previous episode too, the the time yes. hole one. If if there yep. was anybody on that ship that would have a child, but I mean, there would not be a child really. I don't think on the original series Enterprise. Not, next didn't ne- exist ne- until next Alexander. gen, they, right? Until the children were invented, or there was like the planet of children. Oh yeah, well there was yeah that which is the I think the lowest rated episode yeah. of the original uh, series. That, that episode stinks. Is that well? There's is there two? The hippie children. Well, then there was. Is it? Mir- oh no, there is two. There's the hippie Mir- episode there's where Mir- they're like young. Yeah, and then there's like. The, but and, then there's and, actual kids. And then there's like the children shall inherit the earth, or whatever, and it's like all like the planet of oh fuck those episodes. Yeah. Star Trek. Like Star that. Trek is not without its flaws. That's we, I think we all can acknowledge this we're all aware of that yeah we're all aware and that's fine that's fine mm-hmm. uh yeah i did i did finish it but uh some pretty good shows <laughs> uh i yeah, watched too bad. i'm on season 12 of king of the hill 
Holy shit. So you're almost done then, hey? Well, the last two seasons are a lot longer. They're they're back to 22 and 24 episodes. Oh, I didn't realize they picked them up again at the end. Yeah, the last three seasons were shorter. Hmm. Substantially shorter. I think the one's like only like 16. Okay. But yeah, the, the one thing that's weird is continuity kind of goes out the window in the second half. Like whatever you want to refer to as mm-hmm. continuity in King of the Hill. There's a some through like, line. Yeah. Well, there's just like things where they completely drop. Like, I don't know if you remember when uh, Bill actually ends an episode in a relationship with Khan's mother. Oh, yeah. And then it never comes back. I, I think it? that the next episode it's mentioned in the first few minutes and that's it. Never again is it brought up. But then there's a bit where um, uh, Min calls uh, her mother-in-law to get advice for Peggy's advice column that she just got for uh, her new job at the newspaper. Mm-hmm. But it's in, even in that's bizarre because there's like an episode from the previous season where she's just working for the newspaper and there's like the one-eyed guy who's like um, – Kind of like William Gibson-ish. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. William Gibson, not William Gibson. Uh, Henry Gibson. Not the writer of Neuromancer, Neuromancer. but uh, Henry Gibson. Uh, uh-huh. And it's like, when I was watching those, I went, like, huh, she she just working at the newspaper? And then, like, the next season, there's an episode where she actually starts working there. And gets we get an episode that introduces the cast of the newspaper and you're like, what mm-hmm. the fuck? So I just assumed that they were producing a bunch of episodes and then they like made short seasons and they hodgepodged episodes and they didn't care about the order at all. Mm-hmm. And yeah, then there's other weird little like decisions as far as uh, whatever you want to call it, continuity. Well, they completely redesign Peggy's mom when they actually show her mom finally. Because I think it's like the first episode of season nine where they go to Montana for the first time. Because mm-hmm. there's like always this, there's like that one episode where it's like the Thanksgiving episode and they're supposed to go to things, they're supposed to go to Montana for Thanksgiving, but all their plans get oh, waylaid yeah. because of like a bad weather and it's just like the airport yeah, episode. But then like in previous episodes, I think like Peggy's mom has just shown up at their house. Like she was just there. And there, it was no big deal. And you're like, well, where does she live? Is she visiting? And it was like, um, yeah. and Peggy's mom just looked like Peggy. And then when they actually do an episode, like Peggy's like, oh, I haven't, I haven't been home for all these years. And like Peggy's dad's alive. And he's this like old cowboy man who just says random things. And it's mistaken as being wise. And her mom's, her mom's just belligerent. And... Yeah, they, but it's like she, it's completely different character design, and mm. they, they're kind of rewriting uh, character stuff. You're like, hmm, this is getting a little uh, loose. New writers, there's no one's like checking on this, going, "Hey, wait a minute, that doesn't make any sense." But it's a cartoon. Uh, I mean, yeah, right. But I mean, it has been good up to this point, so it's like oh, yeah, you would no. expect it to be. There's still or like, like I mean, it's been it's been like in line is what I mean up yeah. to this point. But I would say I, there, there's yeah. only one episode that is full on like bizarre. Like, do you remember the episode with Michael Keaton? But it's not whoever he's Who does like. He play? He's the like guy who owns like the pork company. 
Oh yeah, and like he tries to mirror. He's like turn, he tur- he turns Muan into he, the pig, and he wants it, to become the pig. He wants to become the pig, and she'll be like the dairy girl or whatever. I do, I do remember that one. That yeah. episode is bizarre. It is, it is unlike any other episode of the entire series. It is the true like outlier of like it's so goofy because it ends with him dead. <laughs> yeah, he gets shocked, and then you go, oh, and, then, and then he gets turned into sausage, and then they're like, and then Peggy's just like, oh well, and like they just watch the man be killed in King of the Hill world, and you're like, what the fuck? But then they they never really quite go that ridiculous ever again it's very like is this the hink is this like supposed to be like hink scorpio uh i mean i guess kind of but in a weirder way it's kind of like in the that molly episode of ds9 where she stabs a guy and you go holy shit did she just stab a guy with a broken bottle it's like people have gotten stabbed in star trek before but not quite in that manner well i mean john luke picard was stabbed he was stabbed yeah but it's definitely uh um it was unexpected for King of the Hill. I do remember that episode quite a bit, though. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> Michael Keaton, eh? Yeah. Did you hear he's a Birdman? What's, Did you hear about that? What's Birdman? Uh, it's this film. Uh, it's very influential. Can Do you know about long takes or full takes or? <laughs> long. Long takes, whatever the word is. You know, someone yelled at me once for that. I can't remember what it was. And I'm not going to learn. Nope. Never learn. Never back I'll down. Nah. Yeah, I'm not going to back down. Not from you. Mm-mm-mm. I'm, 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 just, I'm just reading through the titles of the most recent episode uh, that I've watched. But, yeah, no, it's uh, – I, I really do love uh, Bobby Hill. I think. Oh, Bobby's the best. <laughs> Bobby's so good. No. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think they all have good things, but uh, mm-hmm. Bobby, Bobby's the long game. He he really grows on you for a, like uh, after a season or two. You're like, oh yeah, this kid's got it going on. <laughs> yeah, Peggy grows on you too. I think eventually by the end, you see enough good Peggy that you're like, yeah, I like Peggy now. Sometimes Peggy's a bit much, but yeah, yeah. I've, yeah, I've seen some people uh, on the fan community complain mm-hmm. about like how. Like John Redcorn seems to get like just stupider and more of a loser as the series proceeds. Uh, uh yeah, I mean he goes back and forth, right? Yeah, but I I think the highlight from because at one point there was like the whole thing where he's like a very you know, proud person and like mm-hmm. he was going to like work toward getting back his ancestors' land and became very motivated. Uh, and then they kind of completely abandoned that at some point, and then he just like becomes like the his bad band but then he becomes this like yeah. really uh popular raffy singer yeah he does that and then it's more like i don't know they play around with it a little bit right they're like well then he's this like he's this what ladies man and then it's like but then he's not and i don't know yeah he's weird he, go, he goes back and forth no he definitely goes back and forth, I think. And then the the sadness of Bill, though, it never ends, which is uh, always uh, fine Something by that me. Something like quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember like how uh, what the most recent like deranged Bill stuff has been. I'm uh, there's like the... oh, right. No, sorry, I'm getting my '90s television series confused. Oh. In what sense? You'll you'll see. 
Okay. Yeah, maybe next week. Oh. You you have to uh you have to pick up the pace a little bit though. I see. I see. We're Jarrett's already on to Voyager, so uh, I'll catch up. <laughs> I will. Yeah. I will. I'll get there. No, I am. I just just started watching episode eight. Episode eight of what? DS nine. Oh, okay. No. Yeah. So, but you'll be on Voyager soon. <sighs> no. Well, he says no, but he means yes. No. Um. Oh, yeah. RJ, you got, you got any news? You, you heard about this uh, Snyder Cut got leaked for like like an hour Half or an something? Half an hour or something? Like yeah. And uh, some, I... some, some guy watched it, and uh, he had to say, that's the best DC movie I've seen. I saw someone else watched it and was like, this looks like shit. Hmm. It was just that scene where it was like, I think it was someone like recorded it, but it was like, uh, they're on like the desert or something. And uh, Deathstroke is there, and the Joker is there, and then Cyborg is there. I don't know. Will it be good? I don't know. <laughs> but hey, if you want to enter our contest, send us millions of dollars, and we will uh, enter you into a draw for a box of expired cereal, if anyone's interested. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Yep, 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. Yeah, I got no news. All right then. Let's 100%. talk let's let's talk about uh what Johnny Criterion's brought for us. Ooh, John Criterion? Yeah, let's see what's oh, going no, on. I, with, see, uh, he's he's Johnny to me. He's Johnny to you. Jo- Johnny Johnny C. Johnny, Johnny Cri- C? Yeah. What about Jack? Jack. Jack. That's what his dad called him. He hated it. Oh, yeah. Now he prefers to be Jonathan. But it's like J O H N, A T H O N. Oh, I don't like that. Uh, that's that's exactly that's what's what the, that's the kind of guy that Jonathan Criterion is. Just no, thank you. No, thank you. Billy Creep. <laughs> After the break. Uh, yeah. Um, I catch R J stealing. And I make him pay. What? Der junge Törles ist Schüler eines Internats zeitloser Art, angesiedelt in einem Niemandsland, der kahlen Steppe im Osten der ehemaligen österreichisch-ungarischen Monarchie. Die Eltern sind weit, die Lehrer fremd. 
Die Schüler leben nach ihren eigenen Gesetzen. Ich höre, hast uns beschimpft. Obersini. Macht, was ihr wollt. Du Schuft! Hast dich nur verstellt? Lass doch! Aber nicht den Stumpfsinn eintönigen Schullebens will dieser Film beschreiben, sondern eine Geschichte erzählen. Es ist eine wahrhaftige Geschichte mit authentischen Jugendlichen an Originalschauplätzen rekonstruiert. Diese Geschichte ist grausam. Ich bin ein Tier, ein diebisches Tier, euer diebisches Tier. Es ist eine Geschichte von erwachender Sinnlichkeit und ihrem ersten ernüchternden Zusammentreffen mit der Wirklichkeit. Es ist eine Geschichte von Freundschaft und Hass, von Zuneigung und Rache. Sie erzählt den Machtkampf junger Tyrannen, die vor nichts zurückschrecken, um sich gegen ihre Rivalen durchzusetzen. Willst du nicht? Lächle doch, lächle. Willst du nicht? Dann werden wir dir einen Grund zum Weinen geben. Das hilft mir! Leute, lasst mich los! Ich war doch! Ich zeig's euch! Sie erzählt den Leidensweg eines Ausgestoßenen, die sadistischen Foltern, denen er ausgesetzt wird. Hilfe! Todes! Es gibt nicht eine schmutzige und eine saubere Welt. Es ist die gleiche Welt, in der beides geschieht. Das ist die ganze Weisheit. Siehst du? Du lebst noch. Und das ist besser, als was ihr in den Schlafsälen treibt. Es ist die Geschichte eines jungen Menschen, der plötzlich entdeckt, dass Bosheit möglich ist, dass wir alle Schurken und Engel Folterknechte und Opfertiere in einer Person sind. Der junge Törles ist keine akademische Literaturverfilmung. Es ist ein lebendiger, eindrucksstarker Film. Das persönliche Werk eines jungen deutschen Regisseurs. And we're back. This is the Criterion Creeps podcast, and tonight we're talking about Young Torless from 1966, directed by Volker Schlondorf. The <laughs> synopsis for this film, RJ. Yeah. At an Austrian boys' boarding school in the early 1900s, shy, intelligent Torless observes the sadistic behavior mm -hmm. of his fellow students doing nothing to help a victimized classmate. Until the torture goes too far. Um, could you could you explain again? Um, how old is Torless, or what state is he in? He's in the state of Austria. Oh, okay. But uh, like, I mean, like chronologically, like where does he fit in 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 the world of Torlesses? Oh, young, and he's not. Oh, he's young. Yeah, he's not Lil. He's not baby. He's not Lil. He's yeah. yeah. Um, he's young, young in he's, spirit, he's, or he's not big. Not big, Torless. No. What about now? Consider this, and tell me if you've heard this one before. What about mature Torless? Mm, he's definitely not there yet. Do you remember those video game commercials where they're like rated M for mature? And uh, yeah, as a kid, I was like, "What does mature mean?" 
and then is like mature or like manure or like manure adapted from Robert yep. Robert Muscle's acclaimed novel young Taurus launched the new German cinema movement and garnered the 1966 Cannes Film Festival International Critics Prize for first time director Volker Schlondorf did you say first time first time long time Wait, did you actually say first time? Yeah. Is this is Schwandorf's first film? Uh, uh, according to Khan. Khan Film Festival? Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. I did not know, I but I, I do now. I don't even know if I knew that. Nope, I didn't even mark it first feature. Wow, you're really bad at this. <laughs> I'm I'm the worst. Be better. Is what I would say. I'm just going to do a little... Yeah, I guess it is his first... I mean, when they're right, they're right. He got close there. He directed... Uh, uh, the Mediterranean is a supernal arena. from like That's 44 minutes long. That doesn't count. Mediterranean soup, did you just say? Yeah. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I imagine there's a lot of clams in there or something like that. Clam chowder? <laughs> Yeah, something like that. I don't know. What's in the Mediterranean? Squid? Uh, olives. Oh, right. Olive soup. Love it. Love it. <laughs> so tell me more about uh, Young Torless. Well, Young Torless, uh, as mentioned uh, in that synopsis, is based on a, a book, a kind of a semi-autobiographical book called The Confusions of Young Torless. Okay. Uh, What's he confused about? Um about his place in the or how how the world functions and how people can be i guess okay um so i we we've talked about schlondorf before this is what the, sure. the, the this is the this is the fourth film of his if not fifth no or is it four i don't know i never checked i just okay. seems like a lot so fourth four it's uh Sure. It's more than others. It's more than three for sure. More than three. I can tell you that. Actually, let's confirm this. Yeah, no, it's it's four. And I've also seen his Death of a Salesman movie with uh, Dustin Hoffman and John Malkovich. From Schlondorf? Yep. Mm, I don't want to watch that. That doesn't sound good. Potentially. Potentially. Yeah. So going into this. I read this synopsis and it was kind of like, hmm, I don't know. It sounds, I, 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 you know, and you also, you look at the, seems like your bag. Seems like my bag. I noticed on the poster, it's got this guy and he's kind of necking with Barbara Steele. Uh, which Barbara Steele? The actress who you might oh. remember from Mario Bava movies. I know Mario Batali movies. Yeah. You kind of remind me of Mario Batali a little bit. Do you, how, you about, uh, how about Bozina? I know Batista. Well, Bozina is that... the name of the character that uh, Barbara Steele plays. Oh, yeah, I know. I know. In, her. in this motion picture. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm actually, yeah, like I did. I was kind of like, it never really clicked for me, but I was like, who the hell is that lady? I know who that is. No, she, I mean, she was an eight, eight and a half as well. I know her from the hit Canadian film Shivers or They Come From Within. That's uh, mm. that's 
that's where I know her most yep. from. But uh, that too. I never looked at it when I was watching this. I was like, she's familiar, but I was too lazy to actually check. She's and, the lady uh, with the the eyes and the eyebrows. In uh, Shivers. Well, it's Barbara Steele. Just in general, she, like she, in Black she, Steel. She has a pretty distinct look as as a, as, as a human being. Yeah, that's her on the cover of Black Sunday, right? Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Gotcha, I'm caught up. Continue. You got her. So, yeah. uh, movie opens up with old uh, Tommy Torless. He's, he's going off to, like, boarding school, this um, private school, military school kind of place. Mm-hmm. His parents see him off. He hops on the train. There's kind of like a weird shot too, where like the mother is looking at the camera longingly, and then but the but the train is moving behind her, so she couldn't be really looking at her son. I don't know if you noticed that. It's. Uh, I think I did actually, but I don't think it kind of. Because I was watching it, and I think there there was an alarm was brought up. I was like, something's off here, but I don't really I don't know what it is. So I, I don't think I figured that out, but I did realize it's like I was like, wait a minute, does that make sense? But it didn't. I'm not sure if right. she's like turning away from her son and looking at us, and we see how mm-hmm. sad she is that he's leaving. And then the train leaves; it arrives at its destination. Let's all, and that, that's the other thing of uh, these uh, these Schlondorf movies is uh, trains are uh, popping up a little bit because in the if I'm right, in Coup de Gras. Coup de Gras? That one? Yeah. Coup de Grace. Coup de Gras. That's like the end of the movie is on at the train station, correct? Yeah. Yes, and uh, that's a good ending as well. Yeah, so there's trains in there. Yeah. There's... And then, but then I'm also thinking about... Tim Drum has trains too. Closely watched trains, which is not a Schlondorf movie, no. but is a movie that is very... came out the same year... Uh, has trains yeah. coming of age. Well, maybe there, but, maybe but, something's but, going on but, in England or well, you're in Europe. <laughs> something's going on in Germany that we don't know about. Yeah, yeah. Well, and this is, I mean, whatever uh, Aust- Austria, Hungary. Uh, I think becomes it, yeah, it takes Czechoslovakia. Yeah, I I don't know my uh, the, the the exact way that what piece of land where and people are. Right, but I, I think I think it, yeah, which is so check check, and then uh, closely watched trains is also check. So there's concerns. There, there, these these were things of concerns depicting the youth of mm-hmm. uh, the nation in the this window of time, and I guess there's always this connection. I think now maybe more than ever of trains and fascism. Because mm. there's often people, it's like trains or means to a dark, dark end in, in the movement of people. Are trains inherently fascist, do you think? Um, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know if I've seen a lot of people discuss that online, but I definitely have seen people talk about whether or not superhero movies or superheroes in, in essence are fascists. Are fascists. This, this apparently gets people really mad. When you say yes, they are, and they go no, <laughs> they they fight fascists, and you're like, I mean, no. <laughs> I mean, I don't care too much for that, or like, I I have no I have no horse in that race, but uh, I would like someone to get to the bottom of this train situation and see what they actually think. What's the what's the deal with all these trains? 
I don't know. Have you covered any planes or automobiles at the moment yet? I have not. Okay. Yeah, but well, but yeah, Tin Drum uh, somewhat ends with a train as well. It's like in the last 20 minutes, there's a train scene. Mm -hmm. So lots of trains. Lots Lots of trains. trains. Yeah, I mean, what is your mental image of the European countryside watching these movies? It's literally trains and sausage factories, and that's all all that I've all that I come to know now. It's trains and then sausage factories, and potentially, potentially, um, a gas station or two that you could maybe get abducted in, but it's debatable. And how how are you feeling about coming of age movies thus far in the Criterion Collection? I feel like. Um, I think it really peaked with a Deuce Bigelow. I think that was the best coming of age in the Criterion, just because it's like it really shows like not just physical development, but spiritual and emotional as well. If you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, screw you, four hundred blows. <laughs> oh, that's got nothing on uh, the the acting ability of Mr. Rob Schneider. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if you say it did, you know that you're just kill or kidding yourself you know how remember billy liar oh yeah yeah that movie stunk (laughs) yeah it stunk do you remember billy liar (laughs) barely oh did you think it stunk but but it came to mind watching this as did 400 blows and rushmore which is a great which is a great movie yep i mean there's been a lot in here john like John Criterion, that is. He seems to like Italian films, coming of age films, and that's it. That's pretty much those are the two categories of Criterions, right? Italian and uh, coming of age. And he's fond of Horizon Lines and Samurais. Well, I mean, he's not, he likes the Horizon quite a bit, but uh, that came later in the collection. We haven't had too many, like, John Ford hasn't been present that much yet. But I mean, horizons do show up in these movies from here and here and there. Yeah, but who really gave us the horizon, Jared? Who indeed? Mm-hmm. Who, who indeed? Mm-hmm. Um. So back to this movie of Young Torless. Oh, so yeah. Tor- what about Tor- it? Torless shows up, and he's uh. They stop by like the pub. They, they, okay. they actually don't make it to the school all the way. They kind of divert. Yeah, Torless is like he's a, he's a young 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 fella. He's got mm-hmm. his every time he sees a a young woman, he's he's looking right at her. Mm-hmm. And uh, he kind of hangs out with some boys. They're they're already making fast friends with this lot. Uh, there's this one particular kid. Um, what's his name? Not rightly. I think it's Pumpkin Escobar. Yeah. Yeah. Is it Anselm? Anson? An- Anselm. Anselm? Yeah. Uh, maybe. Yeah. I don't really pay attention to the names. Okay. Well, Anselm. I just watch what they do. An- Anselm is the, we'll call him the victim of uh, the proceedings of this movie. Uh, oh, he, he, yeah. he's, a, he's a high roller. And yep. uh, he's like, I got money to spend. I'm going to buy it all for my friends because he's spending other people's money that he'll pay back. And uh, there's there's like the, I don't know, the, the woman running the bar or whatever. She's like, hey, you want to make a bet on these dice I'm rolling? He's like, yeah, sure. I'll bet 20 bucks. I got it. And then she rolls the dice. Yeah, you lose. And she's like, oh, well, you win some, you lose some. <laughs> Is that uh, 
So I know you're a gambling manager. Is yeah. that how you gamble usually? No, that would not be how I would gamble. No, you're more of a pachinko man. <laughs> Big time. Big time pachinkoer. Yeah, yeah. That's fine, man. Do yeah. whatever makes you feel happy. Um. So this this is a problem for Anselm and for um his fellow students. Um, yeah. Who are like, hey, you, you pay us back your fucking pay us this money. You son of a bitch. Yeah. And uh, this basically the whole conflict of this movie boils down to the, the two bullies, I guess, Beinberg and Writing. Um, they mm. are they're they're going to take liberties with this uh, Bassini kid because yeah. he. I guess, how is it that they catch him stealing? Uh, well, it's not even. It's not even he admits to the stealing. It's that he owes right. debt everywhere. Yes. And then because uh, he it was basically like he's given that ultimatum. He's like, pay me back tonight. Yep. Or you are my slave now. Yep. And uh, he's like, all right. Um, I kind of had a hard time telling some of these like people apart at times because they're, they're all wearing military clothes or kind mm-hmm. of like military style kind of regalia. And these yeah. guys just like. I mean, in black and white, and they're all they're all talking in German <laughs> to me. Yeah, and um, I was like, "Sure." I'm like, "Which one's Torless?" Yeah, because as, as the film goes on, Torless for a while. Yes, and then as as the film goes on, it becomes more and more clear. You're like, "Oh, it's the Jesse Eisenberg's last Michael Sarah looking guy." Yes, which I didn't realize at first for a while either. Yeah. Because I, I thought it was the guy getting tortured, and I was like, he's got to be young Torless, if not old Torless. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it took me a little bit. And then, yeah, so I think what happens is they don't, I don't think they catch him she, uh, stealing. I think it's like he doesn't have the money, and he's like, well, I even tried to steal it from these guys to get it back to you. It's like, that's how much I want to pay you back. And they're like, oh, so you stole? And I think, right. But I, I could be wrong. Yeah. I could be wrong. I'm kind of just reading my notes. I'm like, I don't remember exactly how that came about. Like to me, it's just like, Hey, they owe him money and he's not coughing it up. And now he's, they can do whatever the fuck they want to him. And then there's some, some other trappings of like uh Torless visiting the, the local sex worker, Barbara Steele. Mm-hmm. Um, but like that, yeah, this kid, he's, he's, he's above it all. He's an observer. RJ of of life, and he likes to. He's I. We all knew you knew this kid in high school, like a cock. Not quite. I mean, not exactly. But he's an <laughs> exhibitionist, right? Tor- or like Torless, and it well, well, not Torless, but the other kid seems to be. Which one? The guy who goes to the uh, like the prostitute with him. Because uh, that guy, well, because like. I know it's kind of weird, right? Where it's like I'll go and then you go, and then well, yeah, we'll that's what's out while each other are going. Yes, yes. You know, like the homoeroticism. Well, it's like, well, what do you do Arctic. while the other one? Why? What do you do while the other one is there? Do you just like? I don't know, man. You just hang out and eat cheese, or if, if it's on offer, I guess. Well, I mean, he likes he sits down for a little bit, but it doesn't look like he really does anything. He's just kind of yeah. there. He's like, eh, yeah. Just, so I'll just wait, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, there's a whole thing about numbers. And and Torlis mm. is very upset about these numbers. He's like dividing into negative one and not understanding. It's like, that doesn't make any sense. 
that that isn't real. It's like, well, it's, there's imaginary numbers. <laughs> I found that super strange where they're like talking about like these mathematical like things where it's kind of like, uh, uh, I think it's like, you know, like ideal gases and stuff like that. It's like, well, they don't <laughs> of exist. Course. Of course I know about ideal gases. Yeah. You know, ideal gases. It's like, well, they're not real, but if they were real, this is how they would behave. It's like the ideal. It's what everyone wants to be. It's just, it's not there, you know, like it's not actually a thing. And then you're like, okay, it's a hard concept to understand mm -hmm. at first. I think. Yeah, um, from like this earlier part of the movie, uh, I think like the only thing that jumps to mind is when one of the classes ends, and one of one of the boys that I can't quite recall which one said it is like, "Well, there was another memorable day of my life," and then the teacher, of course, is like, "Who said that? Well, you just got you know Aust you Austrian detention." <laughs> Double permanent. You, you, you have to write out this probation. document because you expressed uh, displeasure at how boring school is. What a radical concept! But it's not about that. <laughs> it's about subjugation, RJ. Subjugation. Yeah. My my my. So uh, I was like, ah, yeah. So, some things have changed, and some things haven't. Man. Anyway, uh, okay, so, just so moving ahead, moving right ahead. Mm -hmm. uh, you transition into the, a long sequence of an escalation of Anselm's abuse at the hands of Beinberg, right wing, and watching along Torless um, as like they just start, you know, beating him in this crawl space attic in the school. Mm -hmm. um, I, th I think it like kind of uh, kind of grabbed my attention at one scene where there's a particular set of sounds and you're not seeing what's going on. And, and it's go, like, um... whoa, whoa, whoa. Is this guy getting into Alan Clark scum territory? Uh, Miracle man issue 13 <laughs> territory. I'm not familiar with that. Can you give me the bullet points? Um, well, uh, basically, Black Adam is stuck in a child's body and goes to a bad, a juvie school and is getting sodomized by bigger bad kids. And like then Black Adam, like Black, DC yeah, Comics? Yeah, but it's like with the serial numbers filed off. Because Miracle Man uh, was, a, uh, was essentially Shazam, but... With, what was this published under? What label? Uh, Eclipse? Okay. And Alan Moore wrote this. And, okay. And, and this is when he speaks the name that he's not supposed to speak because there's the black the black Adam voices telling him that I can I can help you, and then he says the name and he explodes the the boy that is sodomizing him, and then he proceeds to tear the rest of them apart because it's like oh this is what a superhuman being could do, and this was groundbreaking stuff in the eighties. The thought exercise of like what would an angry psychotic Superman do to a human population. And it would be horrifying. <laughs> Miracle Man issue fifteen. It's a it's a good time issue. RJ you should check it out. Oh yeah, you think I would like that? Hey, oh, it's pretty cool. It's got it's a uh, some pretty great sweeping uh, splash pages, double page spreads of uh, destruction. <laughs> double paged spreads. Yep. Okay. 
Just, just the way. I will. I'll file it into the queue. Okay. Yeah, you'll put it right there. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll get around to it. Is what so, I'm saying. but I'm pretty sure that Alan Moore uh, was probably thinking more about Alan Clark's scum, uh, starring old Ray Winstone, which has also got a, a it's got a very explicit, grueling um, sexual assault happened to a, uh, you know, a bullied kid by horrible bullies, and this is sort of the leave it leave it to your imagination is that actually what's happening i would i conclude yes even though it's like oh they've got belts in their hands but then there's the scene where it's like oh they when he goes in when there's the scene where i think uh torless makes uh uh bassini come up there with him and bassini just immediately starts taking his shirt off he's like what are you doing that for Mm -hmm. and then what did you get what's the implication there do you think i don't don't know rj it's almost like an Alan Moore comic. It's so do you think like... Alan Moore's okay? Or like <laughs> I don't know. I haven't I haven't looked in on him lately. <laughs> I, I just I don't mean like in the mo- like at this moment. I just mean in general. Like, do you think Alan Moore is okay? Or like is he does someone need to like talk to him? I, I don't know. I I think he's okay. Okay. He's right. he's he's got his uh his drugs and his books. He's good. Okay. Oh, and his magic. Don't forget about the magic. Magic. He's got lots of magic. Okay. Yeah. So Torless is doing stuff, and uh, people say, "Hey, all right, Torless." But but now Torless is kind of getting like, I don't know about this, because he's he's kind of watching the real brutality happening, but he's kind of going along with it, mm-hmm. and it's starting to escalate because it's like this this kid, he's just taking it, he's just getting mm-hmm. used to it. It's like, oh, we got to up our game. And you're like, huh, if this was a different kind of era of movie making, um, this could go into really, like, really weird, uncomfortable places. But And it doesn't? Well, it's just like 1966 bad, but it's, it seems so safe. <laughs> so yeah. I, I never felt like, oh, God, oh, God, what's going to happen next to this kid? No, that that's reserved for the uh, uh, animal torture and death that's just kind of uh sprinkled Offhand. sprinkled into the movie and you're like who are the real monsters <laughs> it's out of nowhere and it's so unnecessary yeah there's that a, you go yeah what? well you know uh it's a different time where you uh allegedly where you uh blow your cod pipe smoke into the mouse and poke at it with like a hot stick and then your hero comes along to save the mouse, you think. And then he just throws this, like, mouse right onto the ground or cracking its head against the thing to put it out of its misery. It's like, huh, yeah, you probably could have just let it go into the grass there. But, you know, th- this actually reminded me of the one um, horror movie I watched a couple of years ago, Jonathan, which, like, mm-hmm. was, like, a really interesting movie until it just gets onto some, like, full-on grotesque uh animal violence and I was like oh dear this is uh doesn't this goes on the the list of movies RJ shouldn't watch and who knew and I appreciate who, that's who, good work who, that people who, do. who who would have thought that young Torless would have just like visited that element like out of nowhere and of course yeah. like because movies like this even when there is that stuff nobody talks about it at all it, it's like a blind spot for people that's what i've been saying jared for years everyone's always like well you know films are different then and it's like should they be well it's not even films it's culture itself and culture and it's like is it acceptable 
or what like even though they're they're like well it was acceptable back then and it's like was it it was apparently there were people yeah. apparently oh it's like nobody said anything you know, i guess no one different rules different rules for different things nobody i mean we still we got we have uh traps all over work for mice so i mean well i mean i know uh like there's there's certain things but you know mm. for uh all for all for film hey those art purists out there that tell you it's like a cinema cinema is uh transcended above reality you know some. Ma- you know mat- somebody mat- said that mat- material uh problems it's material things are, are beneath us hmm. interesting you know who that is nope okay interesting Interesting. let's continue so uh Bassini gets sick of this or sorry Bassini's just getting worse and worse off and there seems to be like a climax building of like uh buying yeah the bad boys they're like hey once we're done with you we're going to give you over to the rest of the class and they're just going to fucking end you and you're like, oh, fuck, here it comes. And okay. uh, Torlis is like, no, I can't let this happen. I feel bad now. And they basically just, like, shove him a bunch. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's like, I mean, for the person experiencing this, it would be pretty horrific. But I don't really get that sense watching the movie. I didn't get really, like, drawn into the intensity of that. It's not like that scene in, say, uh, Thieves Highway where... Uh, uh, what's his name gets stuck under the truck and oh, you're and, and you're like oh super anxious and like oh fuck yeah. like this is horrifying this movie doesn't accomplish that um where you're like ooh i i mean for me it didn't kind of uh work as well as i think it was hoping to but i don't know maybe i lack empathy cuz i'm a monster so mm-hmm. he gets yes. he basically gets uh kind of hung upside down and shoved around a bunch and uh that, that's about it. And then he throws up. Yeah, he, he, he pukes. You think, oh, is he going to accidentally suffocate or something like that? But nope, no, no, nothing really bad happens, like as far as like death, I guess. But I mean, there's been the like psychological torture, um, which is, you know, horrible in its own way. But I feel like it isn't, it, it didn't uh, connect. Uh, on a visceral level for me. And then uh, you think, well, what's the ramifications of all this going to be? And they're like, well, we're with the blame, the victim. I mean, he, he owed money. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So he got what he deserved. Uh, And then Taurus is like, Hey, you knew, you knew what this is all about. And he's like, yes. And then there's a whole scene where he explains how, why he was going along with this to like all this, like, you know, the, the faculty of this school and it's like, what is up with this? Characters talking out loud. Uh, were, were kids just different back then? Like so, so well spoken. Mm. Like they were uh, being written by uh, professional writers, uh, and expressing themselves no. on this philosophical terms about the observance of people and cruelty. I can't imagine what they're talking about. I not. I just can't put my finger on. What what sort of uh, events in European history um, could, could this be uh, being brought about brought upon by could being made been... now? So because so the book itself, so the Confusions of Young Torlis is from 1906. It should be mentioned. Okay. So the movie came out in 66, and I mean, I feel that 
the I mean it, it kind of is interesting because the movie uh, is before you know World War Two, which I think would be the throw line that uh, Volker mm-hmm. Schlondorf is making. And in that sense, it's like, oh, I mean, that's, that's smart, I guess, to to make these connections. However, there's like, I feel like this exploration of like kind of like how fascism comes about and cruelty to your fellow man is explored frequently in uh, other things that yeah. I feel are far more, I don't know, impactful for me. Uh, like even like I think of the DOS experiment movie, uh, yeah, from the downfall guy, and that like kind of is sort of the same idea. Like, why do people do bad things? <laughs> and mm. this, why do they? Because they're fucking people suck. RJ, I think uh, I, 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 a great man once said once or twice on on this podcast. A great man, yes. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to meet said person. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. And then the movie kind of ends with Torlos going, I'm hitting the road and my mom is going to pick me up. <laughs> and, and, and that's, and that's it. Do you think his mom does pick him up? She does. Yeah. But I mean, like, she's very happy to have her little boy back. I mean, like spiritually and oh. emotionally, do you think she helps? Yeah, I don't know. She's, she's part of the problem. Probably. Yeah. She's caught. Well, she's coddling this guy. Well, I mean, he leaves, and then it's like, do they resolve anything in the uh, education facility? It's not. A, it wasn't about that. Oh, I see. Uh, what did you have any thoughts on the music used in this movie? Fuck, I don't even remember it. So me like... neither. Me neither. But there's like a lot of people mention this, the music in this. It's even got mm-hmm. its own little entry on Wikipedia, and I was just like, huh. It's um. What is it here? Advanced by its haunting medieval sounding score written by Hans Werner Henze, the German modernist composer. Henze, who came of age during the war, was prominent enough in this introspection by virtue of his left political activism in the arts to feel driven to expatriation from Germany. Hans Werner uh, Hanze later arranged a suite from the original score, which was titled Fantasia for Strings. And then I think on Letterboxd, somebody's review mentions like it's got a really great score. And I was like, what? <laughs> like it, it left no impression yeah. at all. Yeah, I, I honestly, sometimes I'll pick up the scores and especially the Seinfeld type ones. But uh, as soon as you said that, you're like, what about the music? I was like, did this even have music? I right. don't know. Yeah. Like, I don't know. You, If you told me that, if you were just like, do you remember how there was no score? I would have been like, shit, I guess not. God, God damn. Did you, damn. Did, when, did, when did you realize that all the characters were played by the same actor? What? Oh, my gosh. Some real classic cinema on that one then, hey? So tell me what you thought. Uh, in, indifferent. Okay, that's good. I mean, I feel like Lost Honor Katharina Bloom was, like, so good. And I keep, like, kind of hoping to come back to that. Coup de Gras yeah. was pretty good. Tin Drum uh, was a big, what is this? <laughs> it's so, yeah. it's, uh, that's a, that movie's a, just, a, a wild trip. It's but, just and, so and, strange. And, 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 not, and not in uh, a good enough way for me. And yeah. Young Torless, though, just, it feels like, Knowing now, it's like it was his first film. It's like, yeah, it definitely feels that way. This mm-hmm. kind, of, this kind of has that like knife in the water style of like kind of you know 
young filmmakers making these movies that aren't they're not being too heavy-handed but they have a, a perspective that i feel is just kind of out of touch like yeah like knife in the water comes to mind for some mm-hmm. reason um very different but if they're also like kind of about um uh, young people kind of finding their place in the world uh even though they it's in that knife in the water that man looks like 40 years old um in this though, it's like, hey, these are like these people all look like high school age at least. That that's a yep. bonus. Um, they do look. The, it's not like Ivy Tidoli, <laughs> where uh, it's like I am twelve, said an eighty year old man. Yeah, so James Gandolfini as uh, <laughs> as as, a, as, Ang- uh, as Angus as a six uh, grade sixer. Yeah, yeah. James Gandolfini is thirteen. <laughs> he was at one point. Well, yeah. Remember, remember what it was like when you were thirteen. Anyone can I play anything. I don't want to. Yeah. I'd rather not, but. Yeah, I. I don't know. This one, it just echoes. It has this vibe that. Uh, I don't know. It, it was easy enough to watch. Uh, it's that short runtime was appreciated. Mm-hmm. That, that there wasn't like a bonus half hour. Of, of uh, contemplation that added nothing to the conversation of it. Mm-hmm. It's easy enough to watch. It's a very simple story. Yes. But at the same time, I feel like there's just maybe better examples of this style of movie that you could go with. It, oh, sure. And it's not even like a big, so I'm, like, I'm looking for some coming of age <laughs> action. I'm, I don't care about that, but... I, can I recommend a uh, Rob Schneider film if that's what you're looking for? I'd prefer you didn't. Okay. Well, okay. I just if you ever are looking for a good one, you let me know and I'll, I'll point you in the right direction. No. Yeah. Uh, so what I'm saying is I wish this film tore more. Instead of tore less? Correct. I'd uh, ask you to leave, but uh, where are you going to go? Where am I going to go? Do you know what I mean? Where are you going to go? So what do you um, think of this movie, RJ? Uh, I preferred old Torless, if you know what I mean. You know what I mean? Who who plays old Torless? Jack Palance. Okay. <laughs> I'm guessing. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I was not on board with this one very, very much. Um, there was some stuff in there, like, the start of the movie i was like okay where is this going and then by the time we get like halfway through and it's just like the torturing of uh boy whatever his name i'm gonna call him boy, boy. torturing of boy anselm to say anselm. A- anselm uh yeah so when we get anselm in there <laughs> handsome anselm handsome anson uh it really kind of lost my attention because i was like oh is this what it's gonna be and then it turned out to be that and i was like hmm all right. Uh, I think there's probably some kind of deeper message with the call girl or not even the call girl, but the like the uh, the like the sex worker lady about how she is in a similar situation, but like a maybe a voluntary one, whereas Ansem is like, is he in a non-voluntary or is he in a voluntary one as well? Where it's like like she has a different one where she gets paid for the for these boys is like entertainment and then for ansem 
he doesn't get paid for it. Uh, but like in some way, cause he, he has a similar or he has a mentality where he's like, well, they keep telling me that it'll eventually stop. So I'll just keep going until it's done and I'll get through. And then I was like, is there, I was like, is, are they trying to like make some kind of like comparison between the two of them and like jobs and roles that people serve compared to like people who are unwilling in certain situations. But I, I'm not going to even begin to try to uh, make that connection, Jared. That's a, a little bit above my pay grade. It's a little uh, highfalutin for what, little we're, bit. For, for what we're doing here. For what we're doing, a little bit. So I was like, I think someone could make that connection. I'm not going to. I, I feel that for me to go that extra mile mm-hmm. and make that, I have to have some sort of uh, urge to do that. And the movie, and the movie and doesn't uh, fulfill me with that urge. There's not like this movie where I'm like, holy shit, this movie nails it. Um, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's sort of just like, oh, it's, it's the, sub, the subject matter is there and could be worked with. But I don't know if um, the execution of anything in particular is quite there. Ele- elevates the material where you're like, ooh, I want to talk about this. I want to delve into this more mm-hmm. even though it's like these are really interesting things this is yeah. an inter- this this idea of like why why do people do horrible things and like mm-hmm. what people just stand around and go along with it why am i just standing around and going along with it i don't feel like there's like even like a thing going on with the movie where like the audience is complicit which oh <laughs> Don't you know? You know, uh, I never even looked at the Criterion essay to go along with this movie by Timothy Corrigan. But do you, what do you think? Do you think he mentions this? Do you think this is something that he was uh, uh, down with? I'm sure he's making all sorts of connections to okay. things and uh, higher, higher learning. He says, "Let me tell you about this," and he uses that voice as well. I imagine. I imagine. Yeah. But uh, no, I don't know. Uh, you could read that if you want. I don't. But um, I, uh, I don't know. I just, uh, I didn't get a whole lot out of it. Like when they're torturing a boy, boy Ansem, I was like, okay, whatever. So we're this is uh, like, um, what's that movie? Sorority tie or sor- not sorority boys? Uh, school ties with Brendan Fraser and Matt Damon, where it's like they're bugging Brandon Frazier because he's Jewish and that like boarding school. I was like, it's like, they're kind of torturing this kid too, but not cause he, he is something just cause he doesn't have money and he took out bets. So I didn't, there's that. And then like, there's the obvious one that they mentioned with Torless where they're like, they're like, well, you're doing it too. And he's like, no, I'm just talking to him. And they're like, well, yeah, but you live through the pain through him or something. Is he complicit like the audience? And it's like, uh, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I feel like there's no real resolution because at the end, the schoolkeepers are like, well, yeah, this is bad and we'll take care of it. Uh, but then it's like, you, nothing's going to happen. You know? Nothing ever ha- happens. Yeah. You know, Jerry, where are the consequences? Yeah. So I in the the essay, um, it's mentioned that Bassini is not coincidentally of Jewish origin. Uh, he's the one. Not he, coincidentally. Yeah. Yes, he's Jewish. Just oh, uh, so it is like school ties, <laughs> where uh, he's being victimized by Austrian men. Well, and, I, I and, didn't even know that. 
I just thought school. So I thought school ties. I see. Seems like my mind is working on a whole other level, though, if mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Interestingly enough. Okay, well, yeah, I don't know. It's it's fine, this this movie. But like... Well, because, like, uh, see, the movie that I was thinking of specifically is the uh, White Ribbon, the Michael Haneke movie, which oh. pretty well does the same thing. But it's Haneke. Um, so it's like very, very well made and like very, I don't know, smart and analytical as people sure. like to toss out about that movie, which is like, I remember watching it and being, oh, that was really good. I don't remember anything about it now, but it's like this other movie that's like set, you know, before World War Two, mm-hmm. which, um, yeah, I think it's like, I, I would watch that again and I would not watch Young Torless again. Yeah, I mean, I'm never going to think of Young Torless again. Next week, if you ask me what I thought of Young Torless, I'll say, Young what? <laughs> I'll go, what? What are you talking about? Yeah. I'll say, who are you talking about? I don't know any Young Torless. Like, get out of here. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like there are a lot of things you could take out of this movie. You but could. Like, I mean, this movie, like, if you had to write an English paper... You could. Um, or a film paper on this. You could uh, pull it apart and say, look at this. But mm-hmm. you'd go, yes. But maybe you could find another movie to talk about that. I mean, but I guess Young Tortoise is ripe because how many people have written about it? Like, most people don't even talk about, like, Volker Schlondorf at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, I mean, I didn't. I saw Death of a Salesman in high school uh because we read the book and like all his other movies weren't in the conversation and then when we got to lost honor of katharina bloom that was like a big surprise i was like whoa what's this all about mm-hmm. and uh then coup de gras really good and tin drum was tin drum strange and and now and now we got young torless yes we do actually bringing that up uh the opening of Young Torless reminded me of Tin Drum, Tin Drum opening as well with The Horizon. In uh, Tin Drum, it was potato people and stuff like that. But uh, oh, yeah. I thought it was a very similar landscape. I was like, I wonder if that's the same place. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. On the on Letterbox, it's kind of weird having the two Letterbox posters for Leclerc and Young Torless side by side. Because they both are black and white and red, and they both have black and white people making out. Um, that's yeah, that's weird. Yeah, this is a. It's been standing out to me all week since I don't watch movies anymore. Hmm. Weird. Have you ever seen all those posters with like Christmas people wearing red sweaters and green sweaters? Yeah, I've seen those. Do you think that's at all similar? Um, no. No? So what are we going to do about this? I don't know. You want to hear about from people who hate this movie? I'll let, I'll let you know. It's like not very like much strong opinions. Well, yeah. I mean, that's that doesn't totally surprise me. So, but yeah, let's, let's give it a rip. Derek Holmes, one and a half okay. stars. More erotic teens from Schlondorf. Is it weird that it's not my thing? I mean, I feel like that's the wrong way to approach that. Uh, Derek's bio says, I'm just here to find my son. Stanley, if you're reading this, please follow me or like one of my reviews. 
I have my notifications on and maybe impress a few people along the way. That's what this person's bio is about. Hmm. Here's some movies I've never heard of uh, as their favorite films. Intruder in the Dust. Starting over from 1979. Silver Lod. Load. Hey, Silver Load's good. What about Whirlpool from 1949? Did you say Silver Lod? I mean, I just going off the poster. (laughs) My goodness. Uh, Silver Lod. Whirlpool. I've seen both those movies. And are they favorite film worthy? I think Silver Load's awesome. What about Silver Lod? Is that equally as good? Uh, I'd have to see it. Oh. Hey, they gave RoboCop five stars, so it's not all bad news. Uh, but I also see that they gave Return of the Jedi two and a half stars, and their review is uh, ab- abolish jizz. I mean, I'm fine with that. I'll allow that. I will allow that. Curious. I'm a little bit... Yeah, I don't understand the review itself, but I'm not going to say no to it. But... Hol- so. Holm one and a half stars... I had to watch this since I didn't had time to, enough to read the novel. Not much to say, though. It's based on some prehistoric novel by Muscle. In German, it's called Die Verwergen des Zoglins Torlib. Absolutely Perfect. no reason to get all worked up about. Oh, nearly forgot to mention, best soundtrack ever, which might be facetious. What? It might be facetious. Oh. I don't know. I don't know about this home. I'm not facetious, though. Um, they said something weird in their review, and I can't remember what it was. There's something weird in there, but uh, I don't know. They gave five stars to Fight Club, so tell me what you think. Um, tell me what you think, Jared. No, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, how about... Man, these are just so underwhelming. Um, Patrick Rapoli. Ripple. Patrick Ripple. Yeah. Broad the way you think of middle school reading assignments as broad. (laughs) Not bad. Even now, with my interest in art addressing fascism at an all time high, as you as you as you have, I couldn't I couldn't muster up much enthusiasm here. Perhaps there are specifics to the allegory that made this uh, a richer experience in the 1960s Germany than in 2010s America. Barbara Steele as a prostitute, though. C. Like, as in, like, yes, or C, like, you have to see. As in letter C. They gave it a C. Oh. Is that bad? I... It's not great. I mean, so this person's five-star films aren't actually, aren't, aren't very bad. I'm, I'm on board with these. I mean, I, I, kinda, I, I, get, I actually uh, agree with the sentiment of it. I think this is pretty well what I've been saying. A little bit more. Yep. Th- th- this guy needed, like, you know, 30 seconds of reading to summarize it. And I needed, what are we at now? 48 minutes. Um, I think to get there, mm-hmm. but well, I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, the, the, the type of movies we need to deal with, uh, fascism in America are the purge movies. Am I right? Well, isn't that what's, uh, captain America's civil war is about? Uh, is that what that was about? That's. I mean, I think people would make that connection as well. What's the stupid thing they talk about in that movie? So- Sokovia. There's a word in it, though. The Sokovia Accord. Yeah, I think it is Accords. The Accords. Yeah. Well, the Accords. Yeah. And you go the what? Yeah. 
You go the who? Yeah, it's like we're 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 thinking outside the box. Us Russo brothers. Remember remember when uh, Arrested Development was good? Remember that? Remember when Arrested Development came back? Remember that? Oh yeah. Hash, uh-uh. Hashtag Accord. Hashtag Tony Stank. Hashtag I don't care. Yeah, you were um, you really lo- loved seeing that in the theater. I did. did. You guys saw that in the theater, you guys. I did when I watched yeah. when I watched movies. Yeah, he saw that one in the theater. He made sure he was gonna go see Tony Stank in the theater, on the big screen. Yeah, Stan Lee was even alive. He's not anymore. Nope. Oh, <laughs> uh, R.I.P. Nope. Dead old man. Rest in power. Rah. Uh, anything else from that Rimple fellow? Uh, I any, mean, there any, was... Any uh, hot shit takes? Favorite films are Shatter Dead from 1994. Uh, Woman in the Dunes. Uh, Premonitions Following an Evil Deed, which is the uh, David Lynch short, I believe. And then oh, Outer yeah. Space from 1999. Oh, yeah. From Peter Chur- uh, Yep. Yeah. I mean, Which is a short, it looks like. I know those. I know those movies. I've heard of those. I've yeah. watched no, them. This, this person's taste isn't bad. Very they, good. Uh, their five-star films are... Uh, I'm on board with these. Yeah. What so. about what about those negatives? Uh, there wasn't a whole lot there, to be honest. So, in the one-star... Ooh. The Irishman, half a star. Ooh. <laughs> so, like... I mean, I don't think The Irishman is very good either, but a half a star is, like... Mm, the ninth gate a half a star as well i know you're a big ninth gate man mm-hmm. uh one star films include um fuck what, what is any of this shit stuff i don't know what it is but she's all that is all he also gave one star secret honor one star wow yeah <laughs> so i don't know what that's about but okay god damn some we- there are some weird ones in here but oh well that's fine driving miss daisy one star I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. I just don't know. Um, so any fi- any final thoughts here on Young Torless before we uh, tuck it into bed? I prefer my Torless a little bit more mature. Mm-hmm. That's what I would yeah, say. A little bit more ripe. Just a little bit. Not this, too ripe. Put, put, maybe put this one back in the oven. It's not done. Uh, yeah, I would, uh, I'd hit it up. At, I'd hit it to broil for a little bit. It needs, yeah. you gotta, you gotta crisp, do something. Yeah. Crisp this lasagna. Yeah. Just a little bit higher. Yeah. Everyone, every, everybody loves burnt cheese. Burnt cheese. No. That's a good point. Damn right. That's a good point. After the break, um, our moms come to pick us up. And everything will be just fine. We don't Usually. Have to, we don't have to worry we don't have to worry about it anymore. It's not our problem. I mean that is usually how it works.
quality of the education seen in Young Torless? Seems top-notch, if you ask me. Yeah. Is there any lessons an educator could learn from Young Torless's instructors? I'd say make sure to always have an adult in the gym. Yeah. At, like, any time. But uh, maybe that's asking too much. You can email us at criterioncreeps at gmail.com and tell us about uh, your hot tips for education. Sure. We've got a Facebook page. We're on Instagram. I'm Letterboxd. I'm Jared Duncan. He's Barnloaf. Mm-hmm. We're on SoundCloud, Stitcher, mm-hmm. iTunes, Google Play. We're on YouTube. We've got a Patreon. Yeah. What else do we have? Patreon. What's on the Patreon, Jared? What I don't can know. you get from that? You, you can feel good about sending us money. Next week, uh-huh. Spine 280. What's that? Is that good? Kiachi Octomoto? Fuck, I think I did not type that out right. Kiachi Octomoto? Octomoto. What? What are you talking about? Yeah, that's the director, RJ. You, you, you with me? Okay. Sword of Doom from 1966. Holy shit. I, think I didn't realize that. I think we're getting out of a rut here. I think I think we might be climbing on out. I mean, I hope so. Sword of Doom sounds pretty cool. You, you want to watch You want to see a, the first good samurai movie in the Criterion Collection, RJ? I mean, I think I've seen a lot. Do, do you not Yo, remember? This is, prop- this is the first good one. Oh, do you not remember Prophet and actually, Lace? There's Samurai's Great man. one. Great one, I should say. Only Baba kind of Samurai. It's kind of Samurai? Yeah. Samurai? Like that? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, sounds good. You know? it's got, I mean, that Hopefully. title. Like, sort of do? Yeah, that's one of the best titles we've had so far. Ever. <laughs> Absolutely. Potentially. The Sword of Doom. Yeah, Okamoto. I had like Okat Moto. I'm like, what? <laughs> That's not possible. Anyway, going to uh, have some fun this week. Coming up for once. Why? It'll be a good movie. Why? It's good. I've seen it. It's actually a good movie, RJ. Oh, is it? It, it, it ain't no. Whatever the fuck we've been watching. Are you saying it's more or less Young Torless meets Eclipse? It's more. Eclis. It's more like sort of boom. Oh, is that where you're going? That's where you decided to go with that? Yeah. Okay. That's fine with me, I suppose. Good night. Um. Yeah. Don't get COVID. Huh? Yeah, don't do that. It's bad for you.